Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. All right, let's go on this Wednesday, hanging out with you in the drivehubler.com studios. My mic sounds odd. Does it sound odd to you, Mark? I have no idea. The Gremlins, was it you, JMV? The Gremlins took over the studio last night. Uh, fellas, I'm looking sounds at you. Sounds fine to me. Does I it? I don't know. I don't Maybe anything. it's just in my headset. Same Gremlins that kidnapped the Reds bats last night as well. Until the 27th hour. Gutless. Right? Gutless. Who, who was it? Stewart, whatever his name is. Spencer Steer, Spencer right? Spencer Steer. Oh, disgusting. Build a statue out front next to Joe Morgan and <laughs> Pete Rose and everybody else. Uh, it is the wake-up call here on uh, this Wednesday on The Fan with KB and Andy. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton hanging out with you for the next three hours. And fellas, we left yesterday not knowing what... What was going to happen, and we sit here today, Jonathan Taylor still in Indianapolis Colt. He's on the pup list. Uh, insanity ensued yesterday. Hot takes were given. The 53-man roster for now is out. A lot of work for Ballard and Company on this roster. A very good morning. How's everything going? Yeah, two more months of this. Just kick me in the you-know-what. Right now, Andy Sweeney. Uh, gorgeous, by the way, on this Wednesday morning. So happy hump day to everybody. Out there, um, yeah, it's going to be a busy day. Uh, tinkering with this roster, I, I think, will be abundant here coming around noontime is when you should expect to see some of those waiver claims processed. I think officially 1 o'clock is when uh, you have to then make corresponding roster moves. So, you know, you had guys from other rosters that had been cut. And then, of course, you've got to cut some guys. So I always feel like that's the awkward part of this, Andy, of like, you make the initial 53-man roster, and then for the 24-hour period, it's like, wait, did I really make it? Because you could be cut with some of these waiver claims coming up today. So obviously dive uh, much deeper into that. But on, on the Taylor front, you know, as we said yesterday, we will get an answer. And the answer is he's out for the first four games. Yeah. And um, that's a very notable thing to me, and we can get into the debate. Is it health-related? Is it not? Is this a hold-in? Um, are the Colts going to start trying to find him if he's on the pup list? I don't think that would be a possibility, but if the Colts deem him to be healthy enough to practice, you could go that route. Oh, what's it, the next fight? There's no it, doubt about if it. If you what wanted is it? to. Yeah. So Chris Bauer to meet the media later today. That will obviously be a question thrown his way. But again, it'll get... And I apologize to our audience because it'll get tiresome to hear this constantly. But Andy, every single thing the Colts do, good, bad, indifferent, however you want to describe it, comes down to how does this impact Anthony Richardson? Everything in 2023. And the fact that Jonathan Taylor will not be playing or practicing football for the first four weeks of the season. And let's be honest, when he misses the first four, it's not like he's coming back and playing in week five when he hasn't practiced in 10 months at that point. This impacts him negatively, and it impacts him negatively thanks to Taylor's actions, mm-hmm. which continue to be childish, and I thought yesterday, um, the social media liked by Taylor, which then he unliked, again, just totally childish by Taylor, and then the Colts. Uh, it's the Colts' job to draft good players, retain good players, and keep them happy, particularly when you've got a young quarterback like that, and clearly in this case, that has not happened. So, 
it's just a no-win situation, and it continues to be an ugly hanging cloud of saga that impacts your franchise quarterback. I like that. That should be the name of the show. The ugly, the what would you call it? the ugly hanging saga? I like that. The ugly hanging, hanging cloud, cloud of, of saga. saga. I think I need to steal Droopy that. Droopy cloud of well, saga. KB, here's here's my thing, and there are a couple things. And listen, we've been talking about this, and, and God knows you've talked about this longer than I. But uh, like, I can understand both sides here. I, you know, I mean, Taylor obviously uh, is hurt in all this. He has uh, an argument, and a lot of people, a lot of former players, if you turn on ES or the NFL Network or anything else, you know that they're going to be backing him. And obviously, the CBA, the leverage, and the Colts have an asset here. They have a valuable asset in everything else. I think with me, and I don't know, listen, I'm being clear here. I don't know if this is right or wrong, okay? But I look at this, and the beginning for all of my conversation kind of comes down to that they didn't get really any good offers or maybe great offers or offers that obviously fit their need. I mean, what was it? Was it Chapel Fox 59? Was that who? You know, they didn't get a second round pick. Stephen Holder will be on with us in the 8 o'clock hour. He was on in the 5 o'clock hour yesterday with JMV. And he's like, yeah, you know, the Dolphins had some picks and maybe a player. And, you know, we talked about would it be one of their rotation running backs. Miami again does not have a third and fourth round pick coming up in this they don't have a third and fourth round pick, so you didn't get a set. Okay, so a second wasn't even thrown out there. We know a first wasn't thrown out there uh, as well, and so I- I'm not trying to be pro team here. I know Colts are. Fr- I know the Colts fans are frustrated with the organization for the last uh, few years, but I look at it and I am operating under the they didn't get an offer that they felt met their needs, uh, and so I'm very. I'm I'm very conflicted here because they have a valuable asset that they do not want to simply give away. There are still going to be KB opportunities to move him, right? I mean, they can still move yeah, him. Yeah, again, they the NFL trade it. deadline they is can do two it months to, away. They can do it tomorrow. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mark, you brought up a great point yesterday. There hasn't been that injury yet. You know, week two, week three, somebody has an injury to that running back room, and now suddenly, hey, we were a Super Bowl contender. We were a playoff team, uh, and now we're not. And then for me as well, uh, in all of this, you know, I, I thought yesterday, perhaps, and, and maybe, listen, and I could be wrong and maybe not, guys, but perhaps JT's going to have to play some football. Perhaps Jonathan Taylor, to raise his stock is going to have to play football and to prove to teams that he is a healthy football player. By the time we get to week five, it's going to be how many practices he would have missed? 60? 65? 70? Mm -hmm. Practices uh, in a row. And so for me, you know, Jonathan Taylor might have to play a little bit of football at times. And we can dive into how much football he may play this season. Um, But it kind of felt like when we were getting closer to four o'clock in the afternoon that this is the way that it was going to go. He was going to be a Colt, and you weren't going to see him till the Tennessee Titans game, uh, and probably it will be after that. And uh, I mean, you know, I mean, he's an injured football player right now. That's what he is. Yeah, and I guess how injured, you know, because Mike Chappell reported last night that the Colts, they believe this is a hold in. And my question would then be, well, then why not fine him? Like, if if you have this situation where the medical staff. Uh, is continuing to hold the same position they had in late July. Um, 
that this is some sort of hold in to reflect his anger over not being offered a contract it's extension. A nu- it's a nuclear option. I mean, that that's the nuclear option, right? Yeah, but I mean, part of me is like, isn't that the next step? Um, the other question I would have, Andy, is has the team's stance changed at all? You know, again, right now they are not offering any sort of contract extension. Would they offer one after the season? Because that is the question for me. I've long said... Three years, $39 million. And I said it now, Andy, before the start of this season, because I want to front-load things. So many people say, well, the Colts still have control mm-hmm. over Taylor. They can right. go franchise tag, franchise tag. Yeah, why well, wait a year? Franchise tag, franchise tag means you're paying him even more money coming up in 2024 and 2025. I want to get ahead of it. I want to use that $19 million that you have in in cap space right now. Yesterday was, again, another reminder of just how beyond childish, I would say Taylor's camp has been more than the Colts, and Taylor's included in that. Um, but continuing to say, you as a franchise, your job, draft good players, retain good players, support your young quarterback. You're failing in that right now. There's a lot of layers to it, but you are failing ultimately in that, and you're not in a position, Andy, where let's say this would have been Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Miles Sanders walks. Like this whole drama plays out. They still have AJ Brown. They still have mm-hmm. Devontae Smith. They, right. they, you don't they, have anybody. They still yeah. have Dallas Goddard. You don't have anybody to fall back you on. You saw that on the 53 four wide receivers that, on the roster. Yeah, I, I mean, how many times yesterday? Four wide receivers. How many times yesterday did I say, let me make this clear? I've got Jawan Winfrey making the team, but yeah. Andy, this is a dart at a board. This is yeah. just somebody's got to be the guy. And now that somebody will probably be a waiver claim. It won't even be one of their own. Obviously, we'll break down the 53-man roster, and then get exactly into what Taylor on the pup list means. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article on it on 1075thefan.com, but you brought up just a few minutes ago, he's got to play. I mean, yes, he has to play at least six games this season. He has to do something. In order to get to free agency next spring. So you're going to miss at least the first four. Again, I wouldn't think he'd play in week five or six, considering just purely off practice time that he will have missed at that point. So you're going to get to November, December, potentially, and he's got to play, period, if he wants to get to free agency. So we'll explain all the layers to that. Again, as Andy said, Stephen Holder going to join us at 8 o'clock. The biggest surprise cut for me, Andy, was... Uh, Darius Rush, the fifth-round pick out of South Carolina. The surprise levels are this. It's probably not even arguably. It's your weakest position on your roster. It's your most inexperienced position on your roster. And you cut a guy that had some flashes throughout the offseason. He also had some other moments. But he had some flashes. And Monday and Tuesday, I tried to make sure that we explained a little bit of what it means to be waived and what it means to be released. Mm Mm-hmm. By waving Darius Rush, what you're doing right now, and I mean literally right now, you're running the risk of another team putting a waiver claim in for him. Whereas if you would have cut, let's use Tony Brown, who's a corner that made it, for example, or Taven Bryant, they kept six defensive tackles. You you don't need six defensive tackles. This is not playing... Army and Navy back in, you know, whatever, 1982 here. Those offenses haven't changed either. We saw that on Saturday. Yeah, they're still running the same thing. If you cut a veteran like a Tony Brown or a Taven Bryan, 
what you're doing there, Andy, is they don't go to waivers. They become a free agent. So what you can do behind the scenes is you're Tony Brown's agent. Right. I'm Chris Bauer. Let's I can say to out. you, Andy, hey, man, we're going to cut you. We're going to bring you back later in the week, but we need to kind of tinker with our roster a little bit. We're going to sneak some guys to the practice squad if we can. Your guy's still going to make a week one check with us, but we can't afford to cut the Darius Rush because we don't want to expose him to waivers. That's where you run the risk. We'll see how today plays out. Maybe Darius Rush makes it through waivers and the Colts bring him back to their practice squad. That obviously is the goal here, but that's the risk you run. The other thing to point out why I think it's a surprise in the Chris Ballard era, this is his seventh year doing this. Darius Rush is the second highest draft pick he has ever cut. Uh, Zach Banner, for those that remember that name, offensive tackle in the 2017 so the first draft of Ballard Banner a little bit more off the field I think than this Rush thing was taken one spot higher than Rush so it's not like there's a huge difference there so when you think about all the drafts Ballard's had in seven years considering it's a premium position it's a vastly inexperienced spot I was surprised to see Darius Rush get the scissors yesterday. Yeah, the 53-man roster, uh, KB's going to have a ton of breakdown on that. Marcus Spears said something yesterday on ESPN that I have to respond to. Even <laughs> It's just complete silliness. Where were the Colts right? Where were the Colts wrong? Uh, the child, the childishness, if you want to, to, to say it that way, with Jonathan Taylor. I have a thought on Jonathan Taylor's agent today as well. I thought Bob Kravitz wrote an interesting piece. Stephen Holder will join us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. So we are loaded on this Wednesday as Jonathan Taylor is still in Indianapolis cold. He is, and the saga continues. So again, kick me squarely in the you-know-what to start this Wednesday morning on that end. We'll break it all down for you. Stephen Holder joins us at 8 o'clock. Is this indeed a hold-in from Jonathan Taylor? Um, it is waiver claim day. The Colts sitting fourth in that priority. Where should the waiver claims be? Andy Sweeney, the Colts won four games last year. <laughs> Will they claim more players than wins they had last uh, season? Yes. Yes. You would agree with that, right? That's not a hot take. Yeah, they will. I I'll, tweeted I'll, out I'll last will. night the over-under at four and a half. I, I'm hovering right on each side of yeah. that Well, that's there. fine. I'll take the over. I have no problem with that. So we'll keep an eye on that. And indeed, Chris Ballard to meet the media here late this afternoon. So certainly we'll keep an eye on that and recap that on Thursday's show. Good Wednesday morning to you. Gorgeous outside. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy, Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. 93.5, The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, Morning Checkdown on this Wednesday. Wake-up call, KB and Andy, Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Coming up at the top of the hour, Stephen Holder, ESPN, will join us. Reds loser 6-1 last night. Spencer <laughs> Steer broke up Alex Can, can you Cobb? just stop? No, wait, 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 no. Time out, time out. Can, oh. can we just... If you wake up and you're a Reds fan, you simply look at the box score and think West Coast game, the final was 6-1, to one, and you move on with your day. 
That's the beauty of scoring a run when you're about to be historically <laughs> no hit. No one, no one has to know. West Coast game six one. We just move on. You're right. Yeah. Well, we should have just skipped the check down then. Yeah. We should just just go to more Jonathan Taylor talk and and be done with it. But uh, did you guys guy, see the highlight? I I have I have seen absolutely nothing of the Reds. All right, all right, no. Okay, okay. So it's a at, double though, right? Alex Cobb, twenty six outs. He's one uh, out away from a no no. I love that they threw him out there. He had like hundred and twenty some pitches. Well, his family was there, and they throw and him out there for you, you know how teams can get though in today's Major League Baseball. Oh yeah, and. Dear, it's a liner, liner to left field. I thought for a moment there, the outfielder was going to make one of those leaping grabs for the 27th out. Goes just over his head. It is a double. It is a run scored. 6-1. So for the third time in the last five years, we have a pitcher get to the 27th out, not able to close the door. So the Reds just lose 6-1. All it is I, no I, big deal. I know. I come on. Yeah. You had to be che- you had to be cheering against the Reds. Come on. If you're a Reds fan, like oh, let's just get no hit. Oh, at that right? point, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, that, look, that, that's I, what it's about. Literally, have my red shirt on today. I know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. You have your PBR hat on today. I too. do have my PBR hat. Oh, on it's like today. a new hat. You kept that. Uh, no sweat stains. Nothing. You don't mow the lawn in that hat. This I, I is can, not can, the mowing I lawn hat. Uh, Mark, congrats to your Cubs. Thank you. Yeah, the Cubs winners. The Reds now a full two games back in the third wild card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice win there, Cubs. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of wins, uh, and that was a cover, right, by Team USA this morning? Yeah, they won by 50, didn't they? Yeah. 48, I think, was the official number yeah. on that one. 110-62. Uh, they beat Jordan. Tyrese Halliburton plays a team high 21 minutes off the bench, six assists. Also a team high, a couple three-pointers for him. Anthony Edwards led USA with 22 points. So that is an undefeated group stage. They are now advanced to... Uh, the next part of the World Cup, they'll play Friday and Sunday. I think it's Montenegro and Lithuania. If they get through that, then it'll be the final eight here uh, starting next week. Yeah, and last one for me. Did you see the Patriots cut every quarterback but Mac, Mac Jones yesterday? So they've got un, un quarterback, right? <laughs> We were focusing on the five or the four wide receivers for the Colts or, uh, you know, who did they keep at tight end? We do need to dive into Mo Alley-Cox making the team. I know that's something that we've talked about a lot this week. But Belichick said it's Mac Jones' team so much that we're just going to get rid of. We're just going to get rid of everyone like uh, Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham. We're just going to get rid like guys that you wouldn't say, well, now it's time to put those guys in the game because Mac Jones is struggling. They said to hell with it. We're getting rid of everybody. And so Belichick's going to have to pick up some quarterbacks. Only got two running backs, too. It's just Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. God, they always do weird stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not cute anymore. It's not smart anymore because they don't win games. Ten years ago, Belichick would have done this. You would have said, man, he's this guy gets it. A couple he things to it. note on the Colts roster. As Andy mentioned, five tight ends make it only four wideouts. And all of this should throw in the caveat of for now. For now. For now. For now. Uh, six defensive tackles. Six defensive tackles, obviously way too many spots there. Uh, And shout-out to Lawrence Central product Cameron McGrone. He makes the team at linebacker. Now, again, Andy, you just have to address the elephant in the room. Is he still around come 3 or 4 o'clock? Because if you have five waiver claims, that means five dudes on this 53-man roster right now. They've got to go somewhere. Is that a Jelani Woods to injured reserve with how much time he's missed? Again, a lot of tinkering. That should be happening here in the next few hours, so we'll continue to monitor that. No undrafted free agent made it for the Colts. They did send another of their draft picks to injured reserve. So Titus Leo, a six-round pick out of Wagner, he will miss the entire 
Is that three season of is that his? three guys from this draft class ended up on IR? Three, yeah. Daniel Scott, fifth round pick out of Cal, a safety, Titus Leo, of course, and then Jake Witt, the final selection, the offensive tackle out of northern Michigan. And again, as we talked about, Darius Rush. Uh, probably the biggest surprise cut. I look at the initial 53, I think, boy, it's a ton of youth. The only people age 30 or older. Nobody's over yeah, the age of yeah, 30 nobody's on over their 30, team. Right? Ryan Kelly and Luke Rhodes, both 30. Uh, and outside of tight end, I don't know one position I would sit here and say, oh, there's some decent depth. So there, so Ryan Kelly's the old guy on the team. <laughs> right? Yeah, Ryan Kelly and Luke Rhodes. That's going to be the story you'll see all over the place. At 30 years old. So a lot more to get to on the roster cutdowns. And again, Jonathan Taylor, the latest. Uh, we'll hear from Chris Ballard later today on that end. Is this a hold-in? Is his move to the regular season pup list an indication that The Colts believe he's healthy. Jonathan Taylor says he's not. Does that lead to some fines? We'll unpack all that on the other side. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy here, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm super interested uh, what you want to hear from Chris Ballard today. And I mean, not only you guys here in the DriveHubler.com studios, but fans as well. Uh, Stephen Holder going to join us at the top of the hour. I think after that, I'm fine taking a couple calls, mixing in some fans here. Uh, What they think, obviously, a big day is Jonathan Taylor is still an Indianapolis Colt. Uh, Waivers, we'll see who the Colts pick up. I think it's probably going to be a number of guys, and we can still react to the 53-man roster. For instance, Mo Ali Cox makes it four wide receivers, five tight ends as well. Uh, KB, just can I respond to one? Can I respond to one thing here? Oh yeah, is, oh, is, yeah. is, is is that okay? And as I say that, my Twitter just went away. So maybe maybe forget about Uh-oh, it. Uh, Elon's well, got may, you. Does Elon have me? By the way, I can't call it X yet. I just can't do that. No, no I will not. Call I, can't, that. I can't. No, I can't do no, it. No, no, no. JMB called it X the other really? day, and I'm like, he's supposed to be the older guy, right? I am. Mean, what are we doing here? Is he referring to a film or? Or was he referring to Twitter? <laughs> Probably. No one calls it the Willis Tower. It's the Sears Tower. Uh, so uh, that's how I kind of great point, Mark. You know what? There you go. I like that. Uh, Barry Jackson, who we talked about, has been following this from a Miami standpoint for a number of decades, obviously. He's been one of the th- authorities there. He tweeted this out last night, KB. Uh, actually, yesterday afternoon after 4 o'clock when it was, ob- you know, when it was evident that, that JT was going to stay here in Indy. He tweeted out the following. Uh, as much as I advocated... Dolphins trading for Taylor, and it cannot totally be ruled out before the Halloween trade deadline. It ultimately never got close because the Colts wanted a ton far more than the Finns and Rams, Jalen Ramsey trade, or the Niners-Panthers McCaffrey deal required uh, as perspective. And I don't understand that tweet. Listen, I'm going to sound like I'm backing the Colts here. I I I understand that, but the Jalen Ramsey and the in the McCaffrey trade were not created equal. I mean, you don't see it that way. I, I don't think, at least. No. I mean, Jalen Ramsey was traded for a third-round pick, 
27th overall in this past year's draft. And Hunter Hunter Long, who has no stats. Okay, this is a guy that has no stats, might be a fine player, whatever. McCaffrey was moved for a 2 a three, a four, and a five next year. I'm just guessing, and I have no idea. Maybe the Colts are dug in, and they want to teach JT a lesson, and they have a valuable asset, and they want a first-rounder, or they want Jalen Waddle, or they want something like that. Fair enough. But I got to, I mean, don't you think if the Dolphins would have, now they don't have all these picks, but KB, if they go to the Colts and they say, we'll give you a two, three, four, and we'll give you a five next year. I mean, JT, do you think he's a cult today? I, I mean, I guess I don't. I, I mean, I don't feel that way. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, a third-round pick and an anonymous player in the NFL, that's not good enough to get Jonathan Taylor from me. If I'm Ursay, if I'm Ballard, and I know I can get a third-round compensatory pick at the end of the year if the guy leaves in free agency anyway, I, I mean, come on. I, I just to, to, me, to me, those trades don't align. And what we saw yesterday, Yesterday, and Colts fans may feel this way. The national media beat up on the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. They beat up on them. Oh, look what they're doing to JT. Yeah, a lot of uh, us they, beating they, up. They're, they're not going to get any more free agents. He's trapped there in Indianapolis. What are they doing? Oh, you know, and, and you know, rumors started to go out there. Oh, they wanted this. They wanted that. They got to be out of their mind. Uh, and I'm not here to totally back them, but it, but file this all under the we don't know. We don't still know who the mysterious second team is. We do know the Denver Broncos didn't offer, right? Uh, uh, we know a second-round pick was not something that was out there. If the Dolphins were uh, you know, going to be okay with getting rid of one of their running backs, the rotation guys in a Mostert, maybe a Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, you know, okay, but we don't even know uh, if, that's the, if that's it or not. But I saw that from Barry Jackson, and I just disagreed with it because Jalen Ramsey and the CMC, th- those were not created equal as it pertains to trade compensation. Yeah, I don't understand that either. L- let's... Dive a little bit deeper into that. Okay, McCaffrey, two, three, four, five. If Miami, for some reason, had those draft picks and handed that to the Colts and said, here you go, I would have said, where do I sign? Because unless your team stance has changed, unless you are all of a sudden going to extend Jonathan Taylor, then you need to try and get as best return as you can get. And now the question becomes this, Andy. Once you get into the start of the season, do you feel like, you all of a sudden have more leverage in moving Jonathan Taylor. Our team's going to get desperate. Does Taylor, which again sounds crazy to me, Andy, there's a good chance that like he plays one game before the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's sure. Look, sure. Mark, Mark, will you look up what week October 31st is? October 31st is the trade deadline, Halloween. That's, that's going to be like seven or eight in the NFL. We know he's missing the first four. He's going to miss week five, considering how much time he's missed. So maybe one or two games. I can tell you right here that uh, Saints and Colts on the 29th, and then the game after that's Colts and Panthers. They're in Carolina on November the 5th. Yeah, so it's, it, it'll be in between week eight and week nine. Because week eight ends on Monday Night Football with Raiders Lions on October thirtieth. Okay, so maybe, maybe two to three games that he would get in. Maybe. Now you look at the McCaffrey thing last year. He was very banged up in twenty 2020, twenty 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 one. Like played ten total games or something. Well, he played yeah. all those games in twenty twenty two, leading into the trade deadline when he got moved. And what what was San Francisco's record? They were three and three. When they move, when they made the trade, so are you going to find that team where Elijah Mitchell's banged up and that they feel like that's the missing piece and they need to do so much to support their quarterback? Again, 
you're kind of hoping for that, tossing the running back injury idea. Obviously, that could play into some things. Um, on the comp pick front, this is where I would disagree. Yes, the Colts could get a third-round comp pick for Jonathan Taylor. Some might say it's very likely if he hits free agency. That comp pick is not coming in to your war chest, if you will, till 2025. Uh, good point. So yeah. good, I want you have to, to wait another try year. and right. get as ahead as possible. I know that might seem like I'm nitpicking a little bit, but again, I need answers on Anthony Richardson as early as possible. I want to support him as early as possible. You could get to year three and year four, and that's going to maybe shift some of your thinking on where you're at. And again, the first big decision on Richardson comes after year three. And if you look at that, that would be that 2025 cycle. So I want to try and get a guy in here. Let's say it is a third round pick. But do that in 2024, where he's now got another year to work with Richardson. So that's where, I, I again, a lot of people have brought up the whole comp pick thing. Um, I want to try and get that a little bit earlier um, into my resources, if you will. Mike Chappell said yesterday, um, Andy on CBS4 and Fox 59, that uh, the Colts were not even offered a second round pick in these negotiations at all. So um, that was, I think, something of note. And then the other thing of note, and I want to make sure I have this accurate here. Again, this is Mike Chappell's latest here, and I think people know the amount of respect that I certainly have for Chapp. Uh, to say he knows people within the Colts organization would be an understatement. Chapp goes here. The Colts believe Taylor is healthy and staging a hold-in to reflect his anger over not being offered a contract extension, according to a source. Uh, source in singular, if I was going to guess, and I have not spoken with Chap on this. Uh, Andy, I'm going to say that source is pretty high. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a, pretty, the old it's a pretty good source. chain yeah. with that. So my question off that is this. When do you start finding them? Well, I mean, th- that's the... Are that, you ready that's to go to that level? Clear. No, I mean, there, there are still other levels that the Colts can go to. Because now, now you're they, saying... They hold the leverage. Now you're saying, okay, Jonathan Taylor's allowed to play different games than other guys on your roster. Now it's getting... That That gets a little bit like his rule book is over here and the rule book for Quiddy Pay and Kenny Moore is over here. And that's where... I think it's a legitimate question. And again, obviously, chat beyond plugged in. Um, if indeed you feel like this is a hold-in and he is healthy, you can start to find him. Because right now on Pup, he makes, what, 240000 yeah. every week? Yeah, he's he, making his money. He yeah. makes that paycheck. He makes the $4.3 million divided by 18 weeks. He makes that on the Pup list. That, to me, I think is an extremely relevant question. And it gets back to the debate we've had all along. How much of this is injury-related? I want to respond to one thing, and you and you mentioned it. And listen, the 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 hold in, I, I, it's obvious at this point, is it not? <laughs> I mean, I mean, who doesn't believe that? I know it's you're not supposed to say that about injuries, but does anyone? Is there anyone out there that thinks that he is injured enough that uh, that that if he were offered a new deal, whether that be by another team or the Colts, that that he would still be out this entire time? I, I mean, I really feel like that, uh, you know. Maybe a few weeks ago, people would have felt that way. I don't think it's the case now. I want to I, I want to address one other thing, and I don't know the answer to this, and we're never going to get the answer from Steichen or anybody else. Okay, but but NFL coaches are is is, is the word cocky, confident, uh, whatever it may be. They believe in themselves, right? Like we can agree with that. Steichen, you know, he gets the job here in Indianapolis. He he believes in himself. He believes in his system. Oh, he is he believes uber in his, confident. Yeah, he believes in his coaching. He believes. Uh, 
they are going to be able to develop uh, players. They're going to be able to develop Anthony Richardson. The reason I bring this up, and I had a small back and forth with Mike Freeman yesterday on Twitter, and, and I, I, this is what I believe. Listen, this is not good for the fans, and it's not good for Anthony Richardson. You have said that. You are exactly right. But you know these NFL coaches think they can develop. Steichen thinks, he I can develop Anthony Richardson without Jonathan Taylor. It would be great to have JT, but I can. I am the quarterback guy. I am the quarterback guru. I'm the quarterback whisperer. I can develop this guy without Jonathan Boy, that's Taylor. That's a slippery slope. I, listen, I, I, listen, you need great players around him. But I like Shane I, Steichen I, a lot as an offensive mind. A lot. I... I was a huge fan of the quarterback background back when we had these discussions in February and March when he was hired, Andy. But boy, uh, did you see the Philadelphia skill group? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. helps. Or the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I'm with you. I, I know Philly's loaded. I just, I'm throwing it out there that these guys are confident enough that they're not, I mean, it's one reason maybe you don't budge on the the entire Jonathan Taylor saga. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there that everyone's crushing the Colts, that they're not helping Anthony Richardson, and they're right. This is not good for Anthony Richardson. Orlovsky did an entire thing on ESPN. Now, what do they? They do offensively uh, with the running backs and, and everything else now that they don't have uh, this home run hitter for the first four games. Can I throw one other thing your way? Yeah. Is it Spot Rack or is it Spotrack, the Twitter account that uh, that follows all the, the uh, Let's contracts? Go with the former. That sounds more Indiana. <laughs> okay. Spot Rack. Spot Rack. You have to add an apostrophe S at the it end, though. Spot Rack. Well, I, does anyone actually know? Because it's a valuable resource, but it I have is, no very. idea what it's called. Um, well, the gentleman that runs it's Michael Janitti, uh, Ganitti, uh, however you say his name. We can't pronounce anything. We can't. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. We're not professionals. He put on Twitter yesterday, there's a world where Jonathan Taylor remains on the pup list for four weeks. He holds out until the bye week, which would be November the 19th. After the uh, trade deadline, yeah, which is worth yeah, pointing out. Uh, he is roster exempt uh, for two more weeks by the Colts. Then he plays the final six games of the season that occurs his, his fourth year. <laughs> that could be something that we see and, as well. And let's go down that path, Andy, because again, what does yesterday mean? We talked about we're going to get an answer at 4 o'clock, and we got that. Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list. By all accounts, this is related to the ankle injury that forced him to miss six games last season. He had ankle surgery back in January. There are comments from him throughout those kind of early periods post-surgery that everything was a success and he'll be good to go and all, all of this. It is shocking that you know this has now lingered 10 months. Um, again, get into the debate of has it really lingered right. for 10 months? I've talked about how he is very hypersensitive about his body, but still. So, the pup list means he's out for four games. So, those four games, Andy, that would be Jacksonville, Houston, Baltimore, and the Rams. So, he's going to miss at least four. I would toss in week five in there considering how much time he's missed. Now, him on pup means... Remember the whole non-football injury drop? This is probably mm-hmm. a little bit before you you started, but you know there were some very high up people in the Colts organization, maybe the top of the food chain, l- leaking out there. Hey, he might have a back injury. This could be a non-football injury. That's gone. Mm-hmm. That is no longer a debate. He is on the pup list due to an actual football injury. That's what that means. Non-football injury would mean Naheem Hines jet ski accident sort of thing. So there's no back injury. And there's no like, hey, we're going to take your money this year. This is a legit football injury for what it's worth. So I just wanted to clarify that. Right now, 
238000 That's what he gets for being on the pup list each and every week. This is straight from the NFL, and I feel like it's information that matters, so I will read as is, and hopefully we all can follow here. Players on the pup list are paid their entire base salary. A player's contract will not be told, meaning the contract will not be suspended and resume the following season while on the pup unless that player is in the last year of his deal and he is both not able to perform football services as of the sixth regular season game and is not activated during that regular season or postseason. So, (laughs) Taylor is in the last year of his contract. Yes, he is. And what we need to see from him this season in order to get that accured season and potentially hit free agency next spring, got to play six games. Point blank period. He, he has to be on the field for six games. You can't have an injury from a previous season and all of a sudden that injury mean that you're out for the next season and it counts as a year. Like Danny Pinter just got hurt in the preseason. Because that's in this calendar year, that counts as a season for Danny Pinter. Jonathan Taylor's injury dates back to 2022. To last season, right. So that doesn't count. I hope... That makes sense. It's, it's but. confusing, but I think it makes sense. Listen, uh, Stephen Holder going to join us in 12 minutes. We'll take some maybe some calls after that. We continue to react. I do want to get your thoughts. Uh, you have a couple pieces up on the site. I do want to get your thoughts on the 53-man roster. I know we talked about that 30 minutes ago just a little bit, but obviously the Jonathan Taylor stuff uh, continues uh, to, to, weigh on, uh, to weigh on everybody. I mean, listen, Jonathan Taylor, the reality for Jonathan Taylor is the dude's going to have to play play football. That's the reality. To prove that he's healthy, to uh, get that fourth year, to play those games so he can be a free agent, uh, to have uh, to have teams that want him, right? For so him you think to there's be, no way he gets traded before well, the deadline? I, I think he is, but here's the thing. Because it's, he could hold out through the deadline. Here's what it's going to take. It's going to take the injury bug. That's what it's going to take, is it not? It's going to take a team, the Dolphins, somebody, and we keep going to Miami, to have injury at that position and they're like man we think we're a Super Bowl team we think we can make a run at this thing this year but we need somebody else and we've either had guys uh, not perform or we've had the injury bug in the running back room because I don't see during the season do you a team coming correct if they wouldn't right now I mean don't you feel like the NFL everyone feels like Jonathan Taylor is healthy enough to go out there and play if he got his money I I mean that's how I feel and then the other thing I just wanted to throw out there, um, if if I think it was Bob Kravitz alluded to this, if, if there was an offer, okay, if the Dolphins wanted him, okay, let's use Miami. If Miami did have a deal that was out there, does that automatically make you think that they had kind of talked to JT's people about a contract, that they had a framework of a contract. Because I'm here to say if if Miami if Miami had some sort of a deal out to the Colts and they had already talked to JT that, hey, this is where we feel comfortable going contract-wise. And so JT sitting there yesterday, 
okay? And, and if he could just be traded to this particular team, the guy could go make millions of dollars, which would be a great thing for him and his family. Then I feel like his big mouth agent would be talking about it. Would he not? Well, would, I mean, yeah, it's, been, point. it's yeah. been silent. The guy's not the guy's not tweeting. Like, that's how I feel. If I'm Jonathan Taylor's agent and there's bad blood between me and the organization and the Miami Dolphins are willing to do the three for 39. Let's just throw it out there. The three for 39, I'm out there on the front line saying, hey, I have a team that wants to pay my client what he should be paid as one of the best offensive weapons in the league, and I can't do it because of this mean, mean organization. Yeah, we need to hear from Jonathan Taylor. And in an ideal world, it would be in a press conference setting, and that's me being selfish with that because I'd like to ask him some questions. But I'll live in reality here. You've got this notes app on your phone, Jonathan. (laughs) Use it. Answer the question. Tell your story because you liking tweets and then unliking that the Colts are keeping me hostage. It is beyond childish, and it's continuing to ruin his image. And that's totally unfair because I think very highly, maybe I should go past tense, I thought very highly of Jonathan Taylor and how he was, um, just how he's wired, frankly. And whether it's the agent's influence or whatever it is, that reputation has changed. And I think that's really, really disappointing. Um, Let me make this clear because I I just got a tweet about the whole fine thing on the pup list. If the Colts think this is a hold-in, then my question is, why are you not finding him? Yes, right. if he's on the pup list, you I don't believe, I'd have to look at this, you can't find him. So I guess that's where I'm like, wait, if they think it's a hold-in, then why'd they put him on pup? Why aren't they trying to pursue some, you know, whatever, legal action? And I say that in NFL legal terms, those sorts of things with all of this. Uh, that's I, a Ballard question. Well, I, certainly, I mean, I mean to me, Ballard, that, do, you, do you feel, I know it's a yes or no, do you feel like you have a hold-in situation yes. with Jonathan Taylor? Yes or no? And yeah. why? Yes, that is one, one th- and again, Chris Bauer, to meet the media, I'm literally writing that down in, in, in there my you notes go. right now. I assume you're going to that, aren't uh, I, you? Look at you. I will be there later. Journalism. Later today. Th- this from Riley about, you know, bringing up, this goes back to the Eagles skill group. Again, when the Eagles started with Jalen Hurts in that 2021 season, Andy, they had a second rounder at running back. They had a first rounder at Devontae Smith at wideout. Another yeah. first rounder at wideout. This is before AJ Brown got it. Two second rounders and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard at, at tight ends. Like you have offensive got lines to good support. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best yeah. offensive line in, in football. You have got to support, and that's my worry with Richardson. Right. It should is be that you do not have enough early support for him, and not even sniffing it. You take any of those: a second round running back, two first round wideouts, two second round tight ends. You take any of them and bring him here. Bring them here right now. They're probably your best oh, skill player. Oh, yeah. It's it's not even close. Yeah. It, it's literally not even close. And that's where I think you have some concern. Uh, before we get to Stephen Holder, waiver claims start happening at noon today. Running back. Wide out. Offensive line. Let me say that again. Mm. Offensive line. Mm. Edge rush corner? Off the top of my head, that's where I'm at. Anything you... I, I agree, mean, disagree. But, no, I think you're spot on. I, mean, I guess the the ones I'm looking at, given that they didn't keep any of their wide receivers, and it's sexy to talk about the skill positions, I go right to wide receiver, and then you have to go to offensive line. I mean, to me, those are one and two. And then where are you at with Zach Moss? I know this is a wild thing to say on August 30th, but Andy, he broke his arm about a month ago. The thought was four to six weeks. Some people had a little bit more on the six-week cycle. That's right at week one. They only kept three running backs, Deion Jackson, Evan Hull, and Zach Moss. So is Moss ready for week one? 
that's another question that you have because, I mean, again, we get fantasy football questions literally asking. <laughs> what time is Ballard? Do we have any idea? Uh, have they I sent that out yet? Four. They they start practice at two thirty. I want to say it's gotcha. after that practice. So four so four thirty something after like that. Four. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. and we'll obviously. Recap all of that tomorrow. Okay, on the other side, Stephen Holder. He certainly has some thoughts on this Jonathan Taylor situation. He joins us next. Wake up call. KB and Andy here, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. DriveHubler.com studios. Wake up call. KB and Andy. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton. I like that intro. But I like that. I like what Mark's doing today. Cubs won. Reds lost. First he's, time for everything. He's, he's, yeah, he, <laughs> he's feeling good. Uh, and we're feeling good reacting with you. The Colts have, for now, 53-man roster. Obviously, the waiver wire will be busy. That starts in about four hours. Uh, so we can't wait for that. Jonathan Taylor News continues to lead all headlines today. Uh, and let's talk to Stephen Holder from ESPN, who's been all over this story week after week. And he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Steven, appreciate you joining us early this morning. I guess let's start here. If you had to place a Vegas odd over under on games played by JT this season for the Colts, where would you uh, where would you throw that? Would it be six, six and a half? What would it be? Oh man! Well, first of all, I'm holding on to my money because <laughs> this thing has just been completely unpredictable. Uh, I'll, I'll say this: I. I do believe – I guess I'm not answering the question. Let me answer the question. Um, <laughs> I would say likely, mm, let's say 10. Okay. Let's say 10. Now, here's here, let me give you my rationale. And I'm just – you know, I'm thinking through this on the fly here. But I, I think here's the deal. Jonathan Taylor intends to play football this year. I mean, let's just clear that up, right? Like, there's no scenario, to my knowledge, that has not been shared with me at least, where Jonathan Taylor was going to try to find a way to not play this year. Because I I just don't see how that helps him in any way, any shape or form, right? So his intention was to play football this year. Now, he needs to get in shape, I would imagine. I mean, he hasn't done very much. So even if he is healthy, there still needs to be a sort of acclimation period. He's kind of not done much. He certainly hasn't practiced. So I, I never anticipated that it was any kind of slam dunk he would play in the season opener, even if he were on the active roster. So he'll get these four weeks. He can't practice. And then he's going to have to practice for a little bit. So I mean, it's going to take time. And by the, by the time all that happens, I mean, I think 10 is probably the over-under for me. But I also think there is still a very – there's a very real possibility that he does get traded. That That is still real. He can be traded today. Mm-hmm. That could happen. And and guys have been traded while on the PUP list. I need to double-check this, but I believe Stephon Gilmore was traded from New England to Carolina while on the PUP list. I'll, I'll confirm that later, but I, I believe that happened with him. Steven, is this a hold-in? It looks like one. Um, I I have hedged on that answer when asked because on that question when asked because I still believe Jonathan Taylor has to answer this for himself yeah. like his his health he has to answer this for himself there's no doubt about that uh, 
And I guess my yeah, other question but, off that, Stephen, would then be, if it is a hold-in and the Colts feel like he is healthy enough to practice and or play, then why put him on pup? Like, like why not find him? Are they? Is this? Hey, we're trying to mend a relationship here. I, am I overreading that? Like, wh- if they wanted to, they could draw a, a harder line than they're drawing by paying him whatever it is, two hundred forty thousand per week for him to be on the pup list. You know what's interesting here is my understanding is that Taylor was prepared or maybe even anticipating that he was going to be on the active roster yesterday. I don't think, well, I don't think he knew which way it was going to go. Let's put it that way. That is, that is what I have been told that there was no indication made to, to Jonathan Taylor, which way that was going to go. The Colts, as it was told to me, the Colts decided that independently of Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Does that make sense? So, so what I'm saying is that was their choice and not a, as I understand it, not a, a, a reaction to anything that he told them that he could or couldn't do or whatever. You know, so that doesn't mean that there haven't been prior conversations and that they haven't taken cues from his prior actions. Uh, that's a different matter. But, but in terms of just that particular decision, my understanding is the Colts made that independent of Jonathan Taylor. Now, he was, as I understand it, he was prepared or expecting to possibly be on the active roster and, and knew that meant you got to show up and play. I mean, he's not, he's not going to take the hit. He's going to play. I mean, <laughs> at some point, he's going to have to get out there and he's going to play. And I, my expectation is that he will. I, I don't think that was, as I said, ever really um, you know, a consideration to my knowledge. By the way, you were right, Stephen. Uh, Gilmore was uh, on the pup in New England. They traded him for a six-round pick, uh, and then Carolina <laughs> restructured the deal. Stephen Holder yeah. from ESPN. Is this a stupid follow-up? Why did the Colts do that, to give themselves some more time to figure things out here? Well, that's one theory is that, and also maybe just conditioning could be a, right. a one reason. You know, you need some time. I, I think it. I think it buys them time to figure this out. That's what I think. That was my read of it. And that's just my theory. But my theory is that this is still an unadulterated mess. Okay. I don't, I know what people think, but this didn't solve anything. I mean, you know, he's still, he's still upset. They still aren't going to pay him. Not now. Uh, Not, and I'm not saying either side is right or wrong. It's just saying that we're status quo. We are status quo here with Jonathan Taylor. What we have is a pause. That's what we have. Mm-hmm. We have a pause to the complete disaster. We don't have an end to the disaster. Again, Stephen Holder's with us from ESPN and more on certainly the Jonathan Taylor situation and the Colts roster cuts, which took a back burner to the Taylor news from yesterday. Stephen, do you believe they were offered a second round pick at all? I don't think I don't think the conversations got to a second round pick. No. Now I will tell you they were offered allegedly, okay, allegedly, take it or leave it. But according to one source, they were offered allegedly uh, multiple day two picks, but not third. But, excuse me, not a, not a second. So I think you So could, multiple thirds then? Yes, mm. correct. Huh. That was correct. Gotcha. That's, that's what I was told. Well, i got to do some more digging, and I will do that. But that's what I heard. And, and any idea on that second team, that that mystery team? Obviously, Miami was I, the dominant one. I do know. I do know the second team. I was told that team uh, is still in conversations and wants to not be named. And so I'm abiding by what 
sources have told me to do. It's a delicate thing, right? And I, I would very much like to say it, and and, and I am trying to get to the point where I can report that. <laughs> Us too. Yeah, we would love for you to say it, Steve. It'd be fantastic. How about maybe a conference? Can you can you give us a conference? <laughs> AFC, <laughs> NFC, anything? NFC team. Okay. Right. NFC, NFC team. team. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, listen, I, I'm not holding out. I really am not holding out. Trust me. Like. There's a, there's a lot I wish I could tell people about this <laughs> stuff, but, like, I got people that, on all sides of this thing. Like, trust me, it, it's not like it's just Jonathan Taylor's camp or this. Or what. I got stuff on both <laughs> sides that I wish I could tell you. We would be on the air for two hours, man. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, this is so – it's been such a heated and delicate thing that, you know, you have to tread lightly because it's just – so volatile, you know. Stephen Holder joins us here on the fan. He's from ESPN, ESPN.com. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Yeah, you talk about that second team and everything else. I did hear you yesterday be grilled by JMV for a good 30 minutes. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, obviously one of those teams interested. Uh, they even threw out some some active players. Is that right? That was maybe part of the conversation? Well, I my understanding is that just about any deal – that would have transpired was was going to involve uh, active players, perhaps from both teams even. Hmm. So I don't know for sure on the second team, but I, I believe players were discussed in that deal too. It doesn't mean they were blockbuster names. I'm just saying uh, there there could have been a scenario where they took back active players from the other team. In fact, I thought that was, I was expecting that if, if a deal went down, that it would include some players. I mean, that's, that happens a lot, you know. When you when you have a player like Jonathan Taylor, who you know is a is an established star player, oftentimes to to really equate the value, you need to kick in something else beyond the picks. So that's that's where that kind of you know mentality or, or approach came from. Can Stephen Holder is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Obviously, can read his work, and you can see him a whole lot right now on ESPN with all this Jonathan Taylor. Saga. I think it's the last Jonathan Taylor question from me, but don't hold me to that. Um, oh, not not forever, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly not forever. Um, do you think the Colts have any desire to give Jonathan Taylor a multi-year extension after the season? Um, I I don't think they have ruled it out, but I also think the fans that assume it's going to happen, I think you are really mistaken to, to approach it that way. Uh, look, they have the franchise tag, and at the end of the day, Josh Jacobs felt like he had a pretty strong position, and what happened? He got franchised. Saquon Barkley felt he had a pretty strong position. He got franchised. And and I know that those two, those two players play for different teams. I understand that. Uh, but there is also this this interesting, I don't know what what you want to call it, but this 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 interesting language I think from Chris Ballard lately, and J and V and I talked about this. You know, you can go back to his quotes on the day they reported for training camp, and I, I don't know if there's been some kind of philosophical change with Chris Ballard. I don't I don't want to take it too far, and I think we should circle back to this today when we talk to him. But I'm trying to figure out like what he meant by that. And Kevin, you might recall the language exactly, but he said something like. You know, we we had a bad year last year, et cetera. But you know, we gotta we gotta figure some things out, and and all. And, and I don't I don't know what any of that necess- 
necessarily has to do with either a guy's a good player or he's not a good player. We want him where we don't want him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any relationship there. That is their prerogative. I'm not criticizing it. I just don't understand the the thinking there. It, you know, where teams hire new coaches all the time and still conduct themselves, you know, in terms of contract extensions or pay guys, don't pay guys. Like, I don't know what the relationship there is. Stephen Holder with us uh, from ESPN. I don't know. I guess this would be the only one KB that I can think of. Uh, I, are the you know, a team like Miami, I don't expect you to know this, Stephen, but a team like Miami, they were obviously interested. I mean, they were, do you think it ever got so far that JT's sitting there like, hey guys, if I get traded, I'm going to get some of this money that I've been looking for? I said a, about a half an hour ago, Stephen, I feel like if, if JT were traded to Miami and they had already kind of talked about a framework of a deal, that the agent for Jonathan Taylor would be out there yelling and screaming, hey, you know, our guy could have got money and the Colts are, are holding all of this up they're the bad guy here but we haven't got any of that yet at all that's true um i would also say though that that any team that was going to trade for jonathan taylor you would have to work something out with him I, i think there was an understanding going in and i think you you have to assume that that was part of the conversation because remember this was a different kind of scenario this was not the colts right uh necessarily out there shopping this guy this was the Colts authorizing Jonathan Taylor's camp to go find a deal well unless uh, unless I'm missing something there's no scenario where they would go find a team to to be traded to where there was no of I mean when would square oh yeah you know reset okay 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 that right there probably sums up the Jonathan Taylor Colts relationship. No, you know the funniest thing whenever, uh, whenever, whenever there's a, a phone issue, the radio guy that has to kill time while the producer gets it <laughs> gets the gets the host yeah, back so, up. Yeah, so how about hey, this weather? Hey, so I just saw the weather, and I just saw yeah. the. By the way, I just saw the. I did see the Reds uh, no getter well? being uh, broke up. That outfielder did a terrible job. By the way, go ahead. Steven's back with us. That? Yeah, he did terrible. Uh, Steven, did you have anything more to add? Uh, you were breaking up just a little bit there. Yeah. I'll just finish the point. Yeah, so anyway, because it was Jonathan Taylor's camp that was spearheading this, you know, which and that was authorized by the Colts, I mean, the priority was always get to get him to a place where he gets paid. So so that was just kind of baked into the cake is what I think. Otherwise and teams knew that. You know, why would you even engage them? Now I don't know what, what he would have gotten paid. But but my impression from every step of the way is that that the money was was not necessarily the biggest um, obstacle to this. That was not the obstacle. The obstacle was compensation. Your biggest Chris Ballard related question today, Jonathan Taylor related, and then non Jonathan Taylor related. Uh, I think in terms of Jonathan Taylor, my question would be just: I understand. You know, not wanting to set precedent and reward players for, you know, for for getting out of line, so to speak. I don't like that language, but whatever, right? But I also think that compromise is a thing, and I feel like I want to know: Does he feel like there was a missed opportunity? Like other teams did it? What? Why take this hard line against a guy who has been just an absolute model citizen and and a great player? Like, why take that hard line? Because it didn't get you anywhere. Because right now, the Colts, where are they at? They're sitting there angry 
and without their best player for at least a little bit. And Jonathan Taylor didn't win either. Like, no one won. Everyone just is sitting there angry and pissed off. So what did it, what did it get you, you know? So anyway, that would be my Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor question. And then uh, in terms of the roster, uh, I, I think that I don't like – I don't like the depth of this roster, and I, I wonder if there are concerns about that for him. I mean, the, the look at the four wide receivers tells you a lot, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And yeah, then you look at the offensive line. I mean, tell me where they can afford an injury. Yeah, I me. mean, tight end is the only position, Stephen, I look <laughs> at and think, oh, there's some decent depth there. Absolutely. I mean, the corners, look, I, I get that fans are excited about the rookies, but let me also mention this. They're rookies. And they cut one of them. Exactly. Right. So they weren't even that thrilled. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? Right. I mean, this team, I was, I'm not saying I was ever bullish on the Colts. I wasn't. And I'm, I'm not saying that I ever thought they were going to be good, but I did think like, all right, there's a scenario where they can get to like eight wins or something, you know, but I, I don't, I feel much more pessimistic after training camp and, and after just kind of, really letting the roster resonate a little more over the last couple of weeks, I feel a little more pessimistic. I don't know. All right, last, last one, and thank you for your time because I know it's been pretty busy here as of late. Again, Stephen Holder, ESPN.com, with us on the Payless Slickers Hotline. The Colts won four games last year, Stephen. Will they have more waiver claims today than wins they had last season? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think possibly yes. And listen, I will tell you, they were up late last night watching film. Let me just leave you with that little little nugget. They were up late last <laughs> night watching film, and you know what they were looking at. They were looking at available players that they could go grab because they kind of need to. Season 9 of As the World Turns, General Hospital, however you want to define it, it continues here with this Jonathan Taylor story. And, Stephen, we'll have your latest for ESPN. Stephen, we'll see you later today over at Colts Practice. Appreciate it, man. All right, see you guys. Stephen Holder, right there, Payless Slickers Hotline, two thirds. Would you do that? Uh, I'm. I just listen. I'm. I'm. Tan- I'm. I'm. I'm tantalized with this second team. You going Rams? Uh, what if it's my team? Giants. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general. I need to know who the damn second team is, KB. I mean, it can't be the Cowboys now because they want everyone to know it, it was them, right? Like Jerry Jones couldn't keep that quiet, so it's not the so it's not the Dallas Cowboys. I don't believe it's my team. Mark? Should we like go around the room? Well, would the, the Eagles? Next- yeah, would the Eagles want to be quiet? We know the Bears. We know it's not the Chicago Bears. So I feel like we've eliminated four teams right there. Could Jonathan Taylor play quarterback for the Cardinals? Don't they need one? Just wildcat all day, Jonathan Gannon Maybe. connection there. You might as well. Who's the who's the backup to to uh, who's it? Josh Dobbs. Who's the you know the guy's name? You said oh, it yesterday. Clayton Toon. Yeah, is it Toon? I, I believe it's Toon, right? <laughs> like Nick Toon? Is it Toon yeah. or Tongue? Okay, about, I have no uh, idea. T U N E, right? Minnesota Vikings. Sure. I mean, they have Madison. Just let Dalvin. Cook. I know. Well, I, I know. I, I know. But I'm trying to think of teams that are somewhat contenders that could be like I mean the Saints have Kamara suspended for three games of the Saints on the radar. I would think the Vikings would be more. They of a drafted uh, Keandre Taylor. Miller, what maybe the third round did yeah. the Saints, and Robbie I think says the Seahawks. Okay, that's fine. Well, Mark mentioned the Seahawks yeah, yesterday. I said that the other day, I think we pooed them. I think you did. I yeah, think you Kenneth, said Walker. Kenneth Walker. What Kenneth about Walker. You, you stood up for Kenneth Walker? I mean, wasn't he a high draft pick? Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, it's killing me. Is it Washington? Maybe, maybe I want to go Washington. back. I, I want to go back to the two thirds. Would you have done that if you? 
I, I, that's a good one, man. I know. You I, would have, right? If my stance is he's not going to be part of this team in the future on a multi-year extension, thus we're still going to have yes. this issue. Yes, I would probably do yes. it. Yes, yes, I'm. With, I, I think and I'm move with you. On. I so think Andy, I'm with you. So by Friday afternoon, we have moved on. But Chris that's Ballard not- has spoken. Jonathan Taylor is at his new team. He's done his press conference, and when. Labor Day Monday rolls around, and we're six days away from the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to Lucas Oil Stadium. Anthony Richardson is fielding 10 questions on his season debut, and Shane Sykin does not have to answer anymore, and you are moving on as a franchise, and the cloud is gone, and now you look at next year, you've got three third-round picks heading into the draft. You could maneuver that. Maybe you mm-hmm. trade three of them. You get an additional second. You move up. Maybe you try to move up in round one if you need to move up in round one. You just have some flexibility more than anything. If your stance is not changing, two third rounders, wash my hands of it. Yeah, that's a difficult one. Plus, I mean, Steven's like, hey, other players would be involved, so maybe it's two thirds, and, and and maybe there's a uh, there's a player, there's a quality NFL player there. Maybe it's a quality NFL running back. God knows you have a lot of holes in your roster, right? I mean, you could go four or five different positions uh, and find a guy that could help you somewhere. I, yeah, I mean, I, I would even throw in if it's two thirds and an and, you know and an actual solid NFL player, you would have to do that. But that also means it's not Miami; they don't have a third. Right, so who has multiple yeah. thirds? I mean, yeah, that right, needs right. that's that's the sleuthing that needs to be Is done. Is it this NFC team? Craig says the Eagles. Listen, I, I will vomit on Have the we air. Named I will, we, we've, we've, we've named every NFC team. We've we've named everyone. I I will throw up on the air. <laughs> Someone, do we have? I want to clean Without up. mayo and oh. coffee. You will throw up on the air. Oh. These damn Eagles, man! I tried to tell you guys. They came out. We whooped your ass. That's what they said. That's what they said. That's what a ba- that's what a third string running back said. Now they want to take Jonathan Taylor. Percentage of oh. hope in the organization for the Colts right now that they think they can re- repair this. Oh, it has to be low, right? 5%? 10%? Don't you think it's low? I mean, I, that, I, I that's... thought it was interesting. Like, Steven's answer to the hold in fine question was the Colts look at putting him on the pup list as a punishment, which I, I, I hope I'm inferring that correctly because Jonathan Taylor was surprised by that. He, he did not think he'd be on the pup list. But again, the dude's going to make money not to p- practice or play. Yeah, that's news. We almost may need to cut that and play that later on. I was actually surprised by that. So does that mean, like, full-on PTO, 50 days of PTO, I, I'd be getting paid for that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. you got to fill out your sheet, your PTO sheet. I know, I know, I do. I do, and get it signed by our boss as I found, well. I found audio of uh, Andy <laughs> discovering that the Eagles are eventually going to be the team that gets oh. Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to throw up. Don't throw up. Oh, my gosh. Was that me on my 21st birthday there? Wait, was that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No, that was Step Brothers. Oh, that's it. I should have known that. Uh, for some it's reason, I thought you were going with the Rick Venturi <laughs> comment there, Mark. Well, that, <laughs> let me dig that one up. I don't think Andy's ever heard. I've that never one. heard it. No, I, now so I need last to hear year, it. The Colts competitive, very competitive with the Eagles. They borderline could have won yeah, the game. All I of remember. a sudden, Jalen Hurts parting of the seas on a third and goal. <laughs> yeah, he could have run it. to Lebanon and scored. <laughs> and uh, it was certainly drew quite the reaction from Rick Venturi. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so Jalen Hurts parts the seas and... Uh, and Zaire Franklin, I think, has his back turned to him. Oh, Possession oh into the end zone god. for a... Oh, my God. <laughs> that could be. Like, if Andy were to wake up one morning, roll over, and see, okay, the oh. Eagles have gotten... 
What a, crap, what a crappy way to start my day yeah. at 5 something a.m. It is gorgeous outside. It is here very on this nice. Wednesday. Very uh, nice. Obviously, we can get into what Holder had to say. As Andy mentioned, 317 239 1070. We'll, we'll take some calls about whether it's the Taylor situation or roster cuts. Because, again, the Colts made a very notable cut from a draft pick standpoint yesterday. We'll dive into that. And then also, it's waiver claim day. Where could, should the waiver claims come? And then also, who should be uneasy? <laughs> and, and, like, could we be seeing some other moves? If you bring five guys onto your team, you've got to cut five guys. Or you've got to make moves to create available spots. One of those moves could impact a breakout player for the Colts. A lot of people have pegged for that here in 2023. So we'll touch on that here in a few. Before that, let's lead off the morning checkdown with, yeah, you know who. Mm-hmm. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Go ahead. You guys do it. I'm what, not, uh, not going to talk. Do you want to hear from David Bell as well? I mean, we could we could do that. Yeah, the, ma- the, ma- that. Yeah, the manager as well. I saw my man Mike DeCourcy was grilling how uh, how bad the Reds have been since they extended David Bell. Uh, Reds loser 6-1. The right fielder completely misplayed that uh, that ball that was into a well the outfield. Ball. I'm going to chime I, in here. That was a well know, hit ball. I know it was. Spencer Steer broke up Alex Cobb's no-hitter in the ninth last night with two outs with a double. The Reds now still... Two full games back oh, of the no. We suck again. <laughs> of the third wild card. Do you want to give... turn off my mic before I say something I'm going to regret? <laughs> Do you want to give KB a little David Bell after the game? All right, go Who ahead. Talking use about more the David game. Bell on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday morning. What day is it? On a Jonathan Taylor Wednesday. Yeah, no, you guys it's important to, to continue to uh, to play like that, um, and that's not going to change. And Spencer, um, he's, he's been doing that all year. It doesn't matter what the situation is. He's the same guy. He's the, the same same uh, no matter what very very consistent very steady with everything he does so uh, yeah and that that's it's gonna really help him as a player for a long time um, being in a lot of big situations it, it's not gonna really phase him and he'll I believe thrive in those situations what boring sound. I apologize. We'll thrive when we're down yeah. six nothing and getting no hit. We will, we will thrive. What boring sound. He's consistent. Are Great. we done? Great. Mark, congrats to your Cubs. Oh, thank you. Yes. Nice uh, nice one nothing win. Early this morning. It <laughs> Give was, Justin Steele the Cy Young now. It was not one nothing to say the least. So I guess at one point it might have been that. Uh one ten to sixty two. That is Team USA over Jordan. Uh what was the line yesterday? Was it forty two? Is that what we looked up, Andy? Uh, I think it was forty and a half, if I'm 40 not mistaken. And a half. Yeah. That is a cover by the United States. Yes, it is. Forty eight point cover. Tyrese Halliburton, a team high twenty one minutes off the bench, a team high six assists, couple threes as well. Anthony Edwards with twenty two. So now the competition will certainly increase. They move on to the next round. Montenegro and Lithuania coming up on Saturday or I think Friday and Sunday if I've got the time changes right on that. Um, So we are nearing the knockout stage where it'll be one and done basketball. But so far, a clean sheet for the United States. Yeah, last one for me. There we go. There's a little swoosh on a Wednesday. Uh, Buffalo over the Indians last night, 2-0. So there you go. A little morning check down. You want to take some calls after the break? Boy, this Reds Cup series coming up. Oh, it's a big one. Where's it at? Wrigley? Bloodbath. Some guys going to go up there? Into the end zone for a...
<laughs> Kevin. It is Wrigley. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Wrigley for this one. Uh, yes, let's get in again. If you guys want to join oh, the conversation, man. 317-239-1070. And I think maybe, unless we get some calls, let's focus a little bit on the roster cuts. Where are the Colts at position by position here heading into a big day from a waiver claim standpoint? We'll do that on the other side. Wake up call. KB and Andy here. 93.5-1075 The Fan. That pause gets me every time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Time. Uh, that Reds Cup series, by the way, great American. Uh, apologies on that end. Again, a four-game set doubleheader coming up I heard on the, uh, Friday. The Red sorry. Gonna, Red Zoner is going to make an announcement before the game as well to all the fans there. Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? It'll be a great start. Andy, you said we wanted series. to get into a little bit more roster <laughs> cuts. <laughs> right That's going to be a bunch of Cubs fans anyway. Yeah. Yes, we are sorry we were wrong. How dare you? It's not Wrigley. It's great American. So. Well, where are you going to go? Beer on the line again, Kevin. Back-to-back weekends, we got beer on the line. Oh, man. Let's go position by position here. Yeah, do you want want me to throw these your way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, this is a little bit of a preview, I think, of what could be coming today. Starting at noon, you're going to see some waiver claims. And I guess before we get into each position, um, the Colts are fourth in the waiver priority. So, um, again, insert – I saw Philip Dorsett was cut by the Raiders. So, Philip Dorsett (laughs) – um, which I guess he'd be a free agent. Reese Fountain. Uh, Reese Fountain. Maybe he's got younger than four years in the league or less than four years. He's exposed to waivers. The Bears could claim him at one. Houston gets a second opportunity. Arizona gets a third. And then there's Indy sitting at four. In the Chris Ballard 10-year Andy, that would be six years. He has made 12 waiver claims. Mm-hmm. Five of those in 2017, obviously when he just took over. And then he had two that next year. So when he's had the most staff turnovers, when he's made the most waiver claims, and again, he's never really been in a position of this high, fourth. He had that one year coming off the 2017 season where he was pretty high. But this is obviously an opportunity to really retool the back end of your roster if you would like to. Yeah, we'll real, ta- real quick, yeah, go uh, ahead. Tom Pelissero just tweeted five minutes ago, this could have some cold stuff in, in, in it. Free agent running back Kareem Hunt has had offers from four teams over the past several weeks. Per source, he's continued to wait for the right offer. Were the Colts one of those teams? Probably. Right? Yeah, they offered, didn't they? Didn't they throw an offer? It's probably, you know, not a huge offer, but that they had an offer report. out there a couple weeks ago, right? And I guess let's just start at running back. Right now, you've got three, Andy. You've got Deion uh, Jackson, you've got Evan Hall, and you've got Zach Moss. The yeah. question with Moss is where he is at health-wise. If you really wanted to, you could probably live with three if Moss is healthy. I know that sounds crazy, but there are times where teams only carry three and then have a fourth on the practice squad. I still think you need to pursue the waiver wire for that position, see if you can find somebody that you like draft-wise, and and you can bring him in here. But the Moss injury question is the big one with that trio. Uh, 239-1070. We're going to take some calls here in a second. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think, and you just stop me here. I mean, we can go position by position. Uh, quarterbacks, I didn't see anything there that was surprising. No. Uh, running backs, you just mentioned it there. Uh, and wide receivers, you know, I mean, listen, they keep four in downs. McKenzie, uh, Pierce, and obviously Pittman. To me, you know, I know, listen, I know JMV was upset. You know, he was laughing at that. It is something worth laughing at. But if you don't think there's a fifth guy, even though it's one of your guys, you think there's going to be something better out there. I guess it still was a little bit surprising that they only kept four. Yeah, I wasn't shocked by it. I know a lot of people were kind of up in arms. I'm like, where have, where have we been? I mean, like, 
the the six wide out, there was never a chance. And a fifth wide out, I think I said it yesterday. I mean, I am literally throwing a dart at a board. I don't know if any of these guys are worth no. a fifth wide out spot. So that should be a waiver claim spot. When Ashton Doolin went down, you were in, in a bit of a scramble mode in trying to find that. So I think that will be a waiver claim. And obviously, um, a lot of pressure on those first four guys to. Uh, to perform yeah, for I mean, you. I hate saying that. It's just one of those things I'm not going to cry about the back end. You know, Amari Rogers, uh, James Washington, who had a cup of coffee, uh, Winfrey, I know, who, you know, a lot yeah, of people like. Why continues yeah, to be just, an issue? It's just not going to be one of those. They keep five tight ends. Mo Alley-Cox, uh, we talked, we spent a good amount of time on him. So what did you make of he makes the roster? I know he was on the edge and they keep five tight ends. Not everyone in the NFL is keeping five tight ends. No, I would I venture yeah. to guess no one is. Um the thing about Mo is there's not many guys in that room that have played any. And the Jelani Woods injury, Andy, is one that I'm watching. Again, this hamstring injury, Nate Atkins from the Star has reported that it's a torn hamstring. Obviously, the severity of that remains to be seen. He has missed a lot of time this offseason in the spring and in training camp. Now, what you can do today, Andy, and this is a little bit of a, I guess, kind of an education on the uh, roster cutting down process. Danny Pinter was put to IR yesterday. That means his season is done. If you want to put a guy on injured reserve today, you can do that, and then that guy can come back mm-hmm. after four games. So for a guy like Jelani Woods, if he is indeed this thing going to linger deep into September, that is a perfect IR to return candidate. It's not ideal, but again, these are the rule changes the NFL have you know kind of tinkered with over the last few years of... You've got to carry that guy initially on your 53-man roster, which is what they did with Woods. And now, in the next kind of 24, 48-hour period, that's when you can open up a roster spot and move him to IR. So that is something I'm going to be watching for today. Yeah, you mentioned offensive line. They keep nine. I mean, I think, what, O'Donnell and Hambright? I think you and maybe Joel, uh, Joel Erickson and maybe even Stephen Holder. It's like, maybe it's one or the other. They end up keeping them both. Anything surprising there? Okay, so six, seven, eight, nine right now yeah. on, on that O-line, all right? I haven't played in the NFL. Blake Freeland, Wesley French, Arlington Hambright, Carter O'Donnell. <laughs> Three of the four have never played a snap in the NFL. And the fourth, Mr. Hambright, he has not played a snap since 2020. Yeah, let's just move on from that. I don't have any... You know what? I think that's all the analysis we need. And I guess one more thing, Andy, like Freeland, a fourth-round pick. Two of the other guys are undrafted. One's a CFL dude. And then Hambright, a seventh-rounder. So it's not like you're sitting there with like a fourth and a fifth-rounder that have kind of been waiting their turn or you drafted him this past year. I mean, Freeland's the only one. You surprised they kept nine then? Uh, I, I want to say it's just kind of insurance for now, and then yeah. maybe we'll see swaps on the waiver. Like, okay, uh, this guy's got a little bit more veteran experience, but that is a must position to address today. Uh, defensive line, they kept 10. Anything interesting there for you? Six defensive tackles. That is yeah. a huge number. I don't think that's a number that can last. I, I would guess one of those guys gets cut today to make room for a spot. Uh, six linebackers. Any thoughts Shout there? out to the Lawrence Central product, Cameron, yeah. Cameron McGrone. I'll be totally honest. I did not have McGrone really that close to making it. I, he certainly had a couple of moments that I noticed in camp. But yeah, the former LC uh, Bear, he, he makes the team. Now, of course, Andy... You've got to watch how the next few hours play out. Uh, but six linebackers, that's typically the number. Those back-end guys play special teams. So uh, clearly Cameron McGrone is someone that they like. 
and we'll see if he continues to be on the 53-man roster. Yeah, six corners uh, as well. Again, I'm just looking at the piece, 107.5thefan.com. KB's got a couple different things up there for all your Colts coverage. We mentioned on the corners, Darius Rush doesn't make it. Will he kind of clear through? Will they be able to get him back on the practice squad? Uh, I, I I like the upside of the corners at least. They keep six of them. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, so they kept Tony Brown over Darius Rush if you want to look at numbers. Tony Brown has... Backup nickel experience, that's important for Kenny Moore. And he's got special teams experience. Where I am a little bit confused on the rush thing, and this gets back into our kind of like roster cut-down education, so I apologize if this is common knowledge. But by waving rush, you now expose him to the waiver wire. So 31 other teams can claim him today if they would like. Whereas if you were to cut a Tony Brown or if you were to cut a Taven Bryan at defensive tackle... Those guys have been in the league for four years. They don't go to the waiver wire. So they become free agents right away. And that's when you kind of make the handshake agreement under the table and say, hey, Tony Brown's agent. Hey, Taven Bryan's agent. We like your guy. We're going to cut him. Let us do our roster gymnastics here in the next 24, 48 hours. But we're going to bring that guy back on the team. So that's where I have a little bit of worry with Rush is you are now exposing him to the waiver wire. Whereas you didn't have to do that. And that's a premium position for a guy that flashed a little bit in the offseason. The chance of you getting him back is not good, probably. Right? We'll see how that that plays out. I think there are times where I've maybe been a little bit like, yeah, that guy's not going to clear waivers. And then he clears waivers. So maybe I'm learning from past experience here, and we'll see how it plays out with Rush. But I don't know, an SEC corner that's 6'2". I know he lasted until round five, but... I don't know if that's a guarantee that he's back with you. So that one surprised me because, again, it's a premium position. He's the second highest draft pick cut in the Chris Boward era before the start of the uh, of that regular season. So that is surprising to me. Um, but yeah, six corners was the number I had. I just had a rush over Brown. Uh, four safeties and then the specialists. I don't think anything there, no, right? No, I mean, no, ba- basically all that stuff was pretty uh, was pretty easy. Want to want to run through a couple calls here sure, again? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, we had Stephen Holder on. He had some interesting stuff. We'll have that up at the podcast center. Let's fire away. Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. Dalton leads us off here on the fan on this Wednesday morning wake up call. What's happening, Dalton? How's it going, guys? Can you guys hear me okay? Loud and clear, Dalton. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, um, just a quick question, then I'll hear, I'll hang up and hear you guys' response. But um, so the Colts want to get uh, a couple, you know, maybe a couple draft picks and maybe a player involved in that. So say a player is attached to those caliber, or what position would you guys like to see? Like, do you think we'll be able to get a player that comes in and? that just wants to fill the spot. You know, I'll hang up and listen to your guys' response, and I uh, appreciate you guys taking my call. Okay, so breaking up a little bit there, Dalton. Um, uh, like I mean, I have my answer. I- I've said it. With If it's Miami, you take one of their running backs, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know enough about everyone else's corners and, uh, and offensive linemen that they'd yeah, be willing I, I to mean, give up. I mean, obviously, running back is a need. I, I tend to think getting a player in return and that player turning out to be a somewhat quality piece for you for multiple years is difficult. So I prefer draft picks. But having said that, Dalton, I just go back to probably the positions that I talked about waiver claim-wise earlier. Yes, running back. But, you know, more of 
And they've got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I assume there's some depth at wide receiver. Could you go there? Um, offensive line-wise, I know Miami O-line is not great, so maybe that wouldn't be the position. Uh, you could always use edge rush help. And then corner. Is there a little bit more of a veteran corner out there? Uh, those are the positions I'd be looking for in general, whether it's a trade with Miami or it's waiver claims coming up here in, in a few hours. But... I'm probably more of a draft pick guy just because then, okay, can you maneuver here? Can you package those picks and move up a little bit earlier and around those sorts of things? I only bring up the running back because if you're Miami, that would be even more of a loaded backfield if you brought in Jonathan Taylor with what you already have. I mean, you look at it last year, um, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. was around 800 yards on the ground, not much of a pass catcher. Uh, catcher. Uh, Moster, 31 catches. He had five, what, five touchdowns on the year, nearly 900 yards. I mean, I, I don't know. Zach Moss hasn't had 500 yards in a season, has he? So, <laughs> so Moster hitting, you know, 900 yards. I mean, you know, that's much better than what they have right now. I don't know. And it's probably unfair for me to keep throwing those names out there. Purdue but. product right there. And Raheem yes, he is. Boaster. Uh, ben asks, is now the time to extend Michael Pittman? Four receivers on the roster, tarnished perception among free agents, and extending in-house talent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been a fan of extending Pittman throughout this Taylor saga. It was probably one of the first things I said uh, right after Taylor you know, publicly announced the the uh, wanting a trade or demanding of a trade. And again, the Colts, whether it's Ryan Kelly, whether it's Quentin Nelson, Naeem Hines, here in this first week of September, as we get into that before the start of the season, they've done that. Now, if they extend Pittman, then they're kind of going back on the word of, we're evaluating everyone on the roster. We have the new coaching staff. It's a four-win team. So that's another layer to the drama, but I'm extending Michael Pittman, certainly. Uh, let's go to Paul. Paul, I believe, had some questions for Chris Ballard. Good morning, Paul. What's up, Kevin? How you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. Real fast, everybody's talking about these draft picks that the Colts would get if they traded Jonathan Taylor. What good is a draft pick <laughs> if you're cutting the players that you pick? That, that, that makes no sense to me. Secondly... I want you to bring up to Chris Ballard, and I, I heard you earlier say that you have a question for Chris Ballard. So make it a two-part question. <laughs> say, Chris, you've always preached about taking care of your own as long as they do what they're supposed to do. So can you please explain to us, all, all of us here, why Jonathan Taylor does not have a new contract when you preach taking care of your own and you did not extend him like you did the other players a year before their contract was up? He needs to explain this to us because if you're going to get draft picks and then you're going to cut these draft picks, what what good is it? I I am dumbfounded with Chris Ballard. I have no idea that what he's doing, and I don't think he has a clue of what he's doing because, like you said, Kevin, he could have kept Rush and cut one of the other guys and told them, hey, we're going to bring you back. But what does he do? He cuts the player that's probably going to get picked up by another team. I, I have no idea what Ballard is doing. He's running this franchise into the ground, and it's ridiculous. Paul, good luck on the mail route today. Um, energy always through the roof with Paul. Hopefully he's Paul not delivering mail time. in the Westfield yeah, area I, I, to Chris Ballard, listen, maybe. the the... the, the the look at the 53-man roster, and Stephen Holder said it when he, you're looking at it and you're like, ugh, you know, you're just kind of looking at the depth there. I mean, that's on that's on Ballard. Yeah, I, and, I think. I mean, Paul. I think Paul talks for a lot of Colts fans. I really do. Yeah, certainly. And, and I think to Paul's point, what Ballard's answer would be, and don't shoot the messenger here, but I think it would be again, 
new coaching staff. We're going to evaluate the entire roster. I, I don't know if you'd say this publicly, probably not, but again, is there scar tissue from what happened with Shaquille Leonard? Because I see a lot of people yesterday on their high horse on social media saying, this is exactly what the Colts should be doing. You don't extend a running back. You don't extend one coming off an injury. And my question is, where were these people when they gave Quentin Nelson historic money and he plays guard? Where were these people when Shaq Leonard was hurt and it's an off-ball linebacker getting $100 million? Like, this is actually a player that, again, directly impacts your unicorn of a quarterback. So that's where I'm like... It's a little bit of both sides of your mouth here with with all this. Uh, we'll take uh, we'll keep taking calls. Let's take a break. Two three nine ten seventy. Tons to talk about. We'll keep it going. It's the fan on a Wednesday. All right, fun show today. Continuing to react. Colts 53-man roster a couple hours away from the waiver wire getting hot and heavy. And, of course, Jonathan Taylor reacting with you. 317-239-1070. Tons of calls. We'll keep doing that, uh, integrating those over the next hour or so. Uh, just quickly, I don't know if you guys had have seen this yet. Kevin Seifert of ESPN uh, has a story out there right now. The Vikings have signed Miles Gaskin, who was released by the Dolphins. Uh, running back there. They had a litany of running backs, obviously. We've talked about Miami with the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Uh, Miles Gaskin goes to the Vikings and and is on their 53-man roster. So when we talk about teams that could be the mysterious second team that could have reached out to the Colts, uh, we just kind of mentioned the Vikings perhaps light at running back and they go and they get Miles Gaskin. And again, the reason why they can do that is because he has played enough years in the league to where he's immediately a free agent so he doesn't get exposed to waivers like a Darius Rush will um so yeah if you guys missed it earlier Stephen Holder was with us and he had said the mystery team is an NFC team and again if you go off of the two third round pick offer Miami doesn't currently have a third round pick for this draft cycle so um we'll continue to obviously monitor because I I tried to say this a few times yesterday, Andy, and I guess it's the first time that I've said it today. Yesterday was a soft deadline. Yesterday was no deadline. The only deadline yesterday was a headline. Pup or not pup? It's a headline. And it's pup. So he's going to miss the first four games. That will be Jacksonville. That will be Houston. That will be, was it Baltimore and the Rams? I think it's the fourth game. Uh, So he can't practice, can't play. Makes the money, still makes his normal game check uh, on the pup list. And that's where we're at. The real deadline, Halloween. October 31st. I'm going to be going through and I'm going to have to do the 2024 who has two two third rounders. I'm going to sit over here for the next hour and try to figure this out. Want to hit a couple calls? No, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to sneak this one in from from Steven here. He goes, Jonathan Taylor is getting paid market rate for the 23rd leading rusher and 44th in rushing TDs. I don't know if he's referencing maybe last year's stats, but what Taylor's camp would tell you is, Andy, three years into the league, no NFL running back has a higher yards per carry in the history of the NFL than Jonathan Taylor. Three years in, over 700 carries, no run. I think it's 5.2, whatever it is, 5.1, something like that. That's what they're saying there. That, that That's where his frustration, and then the past precedent. That's where the frustration. Well, he played injured on a bad team last year. Plays injured. I, I think that would be it as well. Uh, 239-1070, you want to fire up Scott? Uh, Scott, fire away, buddy. Uh, Mr. Ursay Happy and Jonathan, we keep the uh, 4.3 uh, salary this year, and this is not an extension, but we do an incentive-based uh, bonuses. 
You played 13 games. I was going to say 17, but now that he's on the pup, you play 13 games, you get a million dollars. If we, uh, uh, at 500 yards, you get a million, uh, million dollars. 750, a million. A uh, thousand, a million. You get 1,500 scrimmage yards, which includes passing, two million. You can package Scott, that do you have this written down? This is outstanding, Scott. <laughs> he, he's given a take. This is great. I don't, I don't see how it hasn't come up. Why not just make them both happy? And you can also throw in there, if we make the playoffs, you get a million dollars. Now, if we go to uh, a more spread and diverse offense, he won't make all those things. But they're there if you can do them. If your injury is not serious, they're there. You know, I just don't see why nobody's come up with this. And KB, I hope you get behind it and talk it up so much and ask <laughs> Fowler about it this afternoon. Yeah, Scott, the hell it's up to KB. I love it, Scott. Thank you. Um, <laughs> did that guy call previously, Mark? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I swear I heard that exact same argument like a week ago. Really? I think he called and we were, totally we're, missed that. we were trying to figure out the math and it was like, I think that's like 16 million, 18 million and all that. Uh, Okay, let's not maybe double check his math, but let's just say this. What we, what did we see in Dallas with Zach Martin, the, the indie product, you know, one of the best, frankly, one of the best NFL players the state has ever produced, if not the best. Uh, he had two years left on his deal, Zach Martin. He played a non plays a non-premium position in guard and Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. They increased that deal by, I believe it was, he sat out. So he cost himself, I guess it was up to a million. He, he sat out camp and was under contract. And then ended up making eight more million on top of that. And then the entire final two years of his deal was guaranteed. So that was Dallas looking at it and saying, all right, we're not necessarily going to add years. We're not going to add you know a, a, a ton of money. But what we are going to do is guarantee that and... As JMV has said often, massage it, mm. and I think that is the thing. Like Josh Jacobs and Saquon, Saquon Barkley, those respective franchise tags, their teams increased them and increased them pretty incentive wise, especially with Saquon. And I think that's the question for Ballard today, certainly. Of absolutely, with Taylor sitting here at four point yep. three million. Again, that seems like a lot of money to obviously everyone Why out there. Why not do something? But he's the fifth highest paid player on your offense. So with 19 million in cap space, why not try and increase that a little bit? Now, would it be enough? Who know, yeah, who knows? I, I, listen, I'm with you. I, I don't that's know if that satisfies Taylor's camp. And that's why we need to hear from, from, from Taylor. And frankly, I thought the Taylor liking of the t- tweet yesterday was one of the more childish things I've seen Taylor do throughout this process. So um, it's a lot of layers, but to Scott's point, I think it's worth people reminding. He 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 had that same take on Jake's show and JMV. So <laughs> oh, he's, he's rounding he's, it. He's, he's doing like a poll. Can we, can we get him one of those meters, Mark, to listen? You know, get him a meter. Maybe Mrs. If there's a Mrs. Scott out yeah, there, can we get her a meter yeah. as well? Give the five dollars that they send you. Sure, <laughs> sure. We'll continue to take some calls in the nine o'clock hour. Get you set for waiver claims coming up later today. It is the wake up call. KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5. Yeah, thank. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Thank you uh, for making us part of your morning, the wake-up call. KB and Andy, I'm Andy Sweeney's Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton producing today. We'll have the podcast up after the show. Stephen Holder was fantastic in the 8 o'clock hour. And as always, we're hanging out with you one more hour here in the DriveHubler.com studios. Uh, we still don't know. Around 4, 4.30 or so, Chris Ballard going to be meeting with the media. KB, you're going to be there. So that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be interesting. Journalism will be done today. Today. It will be attempted. We'll see if it is reciprocated. And then look for, I, I want to say, and I, sh- I need to double check this, Andy. I think noon is when you get word, or you have to have your waiver claims in by noon today. And then I think by one o'clock is when you know, you know what guys you got. And then obviously your corresponding roster moves uh, are off of that. Can, as can well. you please make your first question to Ballard be wide receiver related? I would love that. <laughs> I'm I got sure he would too. Tweet. He probably misses you bringing it up all the time. Andy, there's a joke. Do you have that audio, Mark? I don't yeah, know if yeah, we've ever played that for Andy. Oh, so you and Ballard have a thing? Yeah, the, a wide the, receivers? He said the combine, gosh, I guess it would have been two combines ago. Not this past February, but the combine before that. Um, I've always taken it as, you know what, I appreciate Chris for listening and reading. You know, there's also website content that we have on 1075thefan.com. So, yeah, he wasn't very pleased with uh, some of my wideout yeah, comments right here. over the nice. years. Nice. I like that. It definitely made me think. And, I mean, Bowen, every time I freaking read or listen to yeah. Bowen, it's like a constant freaking barrage of, yes. of, of uh, wideouts. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's fantastic. That's good yeah, stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, that's yeah, that good was quite, stuff. That and the makes cackle, me happy. The cackle at the end there again. Listening and reading. We we get, get Chris Ballard a meter. <laughs> I love that. It's a long that. drive from Westfield to the complex each morning. He hits you with double freakins. Double freak. He's a big freaking. Oh, we're we're going to get he, some freakins and some looks today. Uh, what's about the, Yeah. What's the over under on freakins today? That might be uh, something we need to li- we need to listen. Even money, for. I think. Oh, that's look fantastic. is also way up there. He says. Yeah, look is the big. One. Now I you have been diligent <laughs> you have been diligently working during the break here and trying to find the mystery team, have you not? Yeah, okay, so yeah, we'll take some more calls. Two three nine ten seventy. Obviously the news uh the roster. Jonathan Taylor has carried us this morning here on the fan. Uh for me, okay, so Stephen Holder, he did tell us that the second mystery team is in the NFC. Okay. Uh huh? so is this is this fair to do to Steven or not? I feel like we're taking maybe perhaps a little bit out of context, but um, he also believes that the Colts were offered multiple third-rounders, right? I I think that is all fair. Okay, so the Miami Dolphins don't have a third-round pick this year, so let's move them aside, plus they're an AFC team, and we know that the Colts and the Dolphins uh, have had many conversations and probably will continue to have those. So, there are four NFC teams that and again, this is Google. My hard work was Google uh, that have multiple third round picks in this coming draft in 2024. Okay. It's Arizona, Atlanta, Detroit, 
and the Niners. Uh, cro- uh, we can cross Atlanta well, off the it, list, it, right? Okay, so if you want to cross Atlanta off the list, I cross they, the 49ers and, and off I would, the list. And I would absolutely do that as well. And so now you're left with Arizona, which is a team you talked about, which is a team that has those Colts connections. Uh, and by the way, they're not, they don't fit the mold of, hey, we're trying to get over the hump. They fit the mold of, we're trying to get Caleb Williams. Maybe they're thinking, hey, we get Caleb Williams and Jonathan Taylor, and that's our starting quarterback, and that's our starting running back next year. Obviously, I, I mean, it looks like they've given up on Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, and that's just how I see it. And the Texans have the second overall pick. They get that pick, then they have Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jonathan Taylor. That could be how they start things. And then Detroit. Now, Detroit traded Swift, and they got rid of Jamal Williams. So I need to look up their entire... They signed um, they went, uh, David Montgomery. And then the Jameer Gibbs, right? Yeah. Were, weren't they yeah. the high draft pick, the kid out of Alabama? Yeah, so that, that would be what they have. So I would cross them off, right? I, I mean, to, to me, the best... Well, I mean, If yeah, you're drafting I, a running back I, in the first round, I, I think you, you cross I, them I, off. I, I would say so. And they gave a couple dollars to David Montgomery, who is a nice back. I mean, he's, he's a fine player. There's no doubt about that. I mean, so that leaves us that leaves us with Arizona, does it not, as uh, as maybe the top team there? Arizona has multiple picks. Let me go back up to the top here. Arizona has, in the upcoming draft, they have two first-rounders. Well, they only have one second-rounder. They, they have three third-rounders. They have three third-rounders, a fourth-rounder, and three fifth-rounders, a couple, and then three seventh-rounders. So Arizona is stocked with picks. And, and their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, comes from the Frank Wright coaching tree here in Indianapolis, so obviously has seen Jonathan Taylor firsthand. Uh, he was with the Eagles last year, so of course, you know, faced uh, Jonathan Taylor as well. Um, I think something that's probably worth pointing out, Andy, and I don't, Steven didn't clarify this, and we didn't, you know, ask him to, but when you say two third rounders, it could be one in 2024 and one, one in 2025. Sure, it could. So sure that, could. that could be something on that end. Yeah, if I'm just going NFC teams, and let's just combine things, if you will. I think it's fair to cross, like, Green Bay off the list. I mean, aren't they pretty stacked at running back? I mean, didn't Carolina make the move for Miles Sanders? I, I get you have a Frank Wright connection. You know, I... I know you, you, you've you brought up Dallas. I, I'm going to say no on they, Dallas. They, they would be loud about it. I don't think Dallas would be a quiet team. That's not yeah. the way That's not the way they move. It's not going to be the Giants. It's not going to be Washington. I'm gonna, I still am going to cross off Seattle. Washington, why are you crossing them off? I don't have a reason for that. I'm just I was crossing. Say Washington, Washington just, kind of sticks out to me. Well, I mean, they had Brian, they had Brian they Robinson. Chris Ballard's absolutely fleeced them once with Carson Wentz. Could he do it again with Jonathan Taylor? Just Who give knows? a third-round pick in Terry McLaurin, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, easy. Just reach out. For, I'm trying to see exactly what uh, you guys keep going. I'll the find NFC out what Washington has. The just has a bunch has. of, like, I, I'm looking at this, not like New Orleans running back situation, Tampa's running back situation, you know, the Rams' running back situation, Arizona's running back situation, the just a lot of mysteries yeah. out there of like, what do they have? And then Minnesota's like, okay, Al- Alexander Madison, you take on the bigger load. Uh, Dallas, Tony Pollard, you take on the bigger Like Some of these guys are kind of promoting from within to take some of that on there. Washington so. has Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez Jr., and Jonathan Williams. Gosh, 
Yeah, it's it? a, Tony it's Gibson a, was it's a so weak room. years ago. It's a weak room. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm you know, C-Rod was the guy out of Kentucky. I'm a little bit surprised he made their 53-man roster for now. I mean, they could be one. I mean, right in 2024, they just had their normal picks. They have a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, and a six, and a seven. Now, you know, so they don't have they don't have multiple picks. But you're right. We're just reading in that it's multiple third rounders when we were grilling Stephen Holder to try to give us all uh, any morsel of information about who the mystery second team just might be. All right, Mark, guide us on our next caller. Oh, so we got three on the line here. Where should we? Okay, begin yeah, we dropped here? a couple that were going to come up next. Uh, let's do Mitchell. Mitchell, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, KB? What's going on, man? Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, appreciate it, man. Times, but, uh, Jeffersonville, my buddy, graduated from there. He's on the state basketball team, Dana Overton. I don't know if that sounds familiar. He went to Michigan and was a running back. So, oh, How about that? I, I, Any relation to Lara Overton? Dana. Dana. D-A-N or D-A-Y. Yeah. Any relation to Lara? Lara's from... She's that, from New Albany, I believe. From that neck she? of the woods? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, I was calling in um, wide receiver situation. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that you've seen that have been released that you are interested in the waiver wire to look at today, KB or Andy. Um, I've seen rumors around that like Mooney or Peoples-Jones from Cleveland's on the trade block or going to be released or anything like that. Not Mooney, but Peoples-Jones. I kind of like Peoples-Jones as like a fifth option, but wanted to hear your thoughts on any wide receivers that you're looking at. Obviously, I think we need to release one or two D tackles to make room for more O-linemen or another wide receiver. So I'll hang up and listen to you. Thanks, guys. Love it. Mitchell, great work. One of my favorites growing up, Mitchell Cohen. Uh, Lara Overton has texted me. Um, no relation. To Dana, there. I know we we're. Well, on I like the, that she's listening. How about that? We we're all on, on the edge of our seats for that she's one. A P1, Thank you, Larry. I think she is a P one. Uh, wideout wise, what I want to see today, Andy, is a taller wideout. I think I've made brought this up before. If you look at the four wideouts right now for the Colts, Pittman, Pierce, and then boom, the two slot guys, Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs. If Pittman or Pierce were to go down, you got nobody. And that's right. what Doolin brought. Doolin was the backup outside wideout. He might have been fifth on the quote-unquote depth chart, but if Pittman or Pierce were to go down, that's where Doolin would kind of slide in and help out right there. So uh, that's where I think that fifth wideout today needs to be a little bit on the taller side. That's why I went with like Jawan Winfrey, for example, over Amari Rogers as I threw a dart at the board. I said, well, let's go a little taller at wideout if you're going to have a fifth wideout on here. I'm watching Jacksonville's cutdowns. They've got a pretty deep receiver room all of a sudden with the Calvin Ridley thing. So, again, do you make any claims there? I also think non-wideout division, and for some reason Mitchell, maybe it's just Mitchell's energy, brought this uh, has brought this out of me. Andy, something to keep in mind today, too, with waiver claims. It's not just positions that we circle on need. I would be almost stunned if we don't see the Colts make a waiver claim today at a position that you might say, huh? But that's a guy they had ranked really high on their draft board. So if, you know, Darius Rush, for example, mm-hmm. if there's a Darius Rush for another team that, man, we were going to take him in round five and all of a sudden, you know, he went and we would love to get him on our team. Do you see a move on that end? I'm going to go with four waiver claims. You've gone with five? I'll just go over. Yeah, we can't be the same. Yeah, just yeah, give me, yeah, the yeah, if it's four and a half, just give me the over. So if you go four, that means you've got to make room. Six defensive tackles, that would seem to be one. Uh, How about swap out an offensive lineman for another? There's two. You still need to find two more guys on this team that you're cutting. Six linebackers. We've brought up Cameron McGrone, the LC kid. Is he entrenched? Is he solid? That could be one. And that's where the other spot, I go to tight end. 
those five tight ends, is that an area where you potentially have a Jelani Woods to IR to return? That's something to keep in mind today. Yeah, you can claim as much as you want, but again, you're going to have to move some pieces. I don't think Sam Ellinger as a third quarterback would be one, but if you're looking just sheerly at like depth and guys you would need, I mean, he looks to be a bit expendable, and maybe you sneak him to your practice squad after that. So you said four? Go and, four. Andy, you said five. Yeah, I mean, if, if the over/under set at four and a half, I'm not going to be the same as KB. We got to have a little bit of action in the room, I'll right? I'll go Bob Barker and say six. I'll go one over. <laughs> Look at that. Rest in peace to mm-hmm. rest in peace to Bob Barker, who we forgot to mention on Monday. We failed in radio okay. host him uh, all over the place. Thank you, Mark, for doubling back on that. Yes, two, three, nine, ten, seventy. Again, just I mean, just to kind of reiterate what I said, and we'll go back to the phone lines. You know, for me, this entire saga I, I found yesterday, everyone was very negative towards the Colts. KB, it, it was very what's Jim Ursay doing? This guy's got to be losing his mind. And, and I'm a little bit like Stephen Holder uh, with this. That you know, nobody's winning right now. The fans aren't winning. The Colts didn't win. Anthony Richardson's not winning. Jonathan Taylor. I did find it interesting. Holder tell, you know, told us in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll have that podcast up after the show, um, You know that, that Taylor was surprised that he was on the pup. I, I found that to be newsworthy. He thought he would simply be uh, on the active roster. And also for me, I just think, you know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, for his trade value to go up, for him to kind of prove it again in the NFL, he's going to have to play. And, you know, if he plays eight, nine games for the Colts, that's going to end up being a very good thing for the Colts back, you know, middle to back end of the season for Anthony Richardson and everything else. It's just, it's a tricky situation because we don't know everything. We don't know, hey, if it's multiple third rounders, was it one this year? Was it one uh, in 2025? The Colts have a valuable commodity that they do not feel like they can give away, but also it's something that the value on this commodity, if he plays like Stephen Holder says, hey, if he plays 10 games, KB, uh, you know, at the end of the year, I would imagine he'll play very well in those 10 games for the Colts in a running offense that his value goes up. Not only his trade value, but what teams may want to pay him. If you have a, you know, a bad year, bad year and a half, you know, there's some, how many running backs were taken this year in the draft? I mean, a lot of them. You can become you can become old news in the NFL pretty damn fast. Question, Not that Taylor's done that, but you know what I'm saying. Question that I would have in terms of how many games he plays and how much he increases his value, Andy. That to me seems like so much value for post 2023 season and post trade deadline. We talked about this earlier in the show. October 31st is the trade deadline. I'm talking after the season almost. Taylor at this is point. eligible for four games before the deadline. That's it. Eligible. Stress on eligible because he ain't playing in the four games. He's not all of a sudden off the pup list in week five and he's got 22 carries for 110 yards in week five. So I almost cross off week five, potentially week six. So what week seven and eight? Like what can he show in two games to where his pre-Halloween value means something? If you get into after the season, now all of a sudden a team has said, wait a minute, what trade like is his trade value going to be that immense? I mean, maybe he plays well on it, but how many players get traded, Andy, in the January, February months before they hit free agency in March? That that yeah, I mean, I mean not that much. seems to be a small number. So that's a little bit of kind of concern question I have about all of this. Again, he can be traded. Hell, he can be traded in the next two minutes. He can be traded anytime between now. And Halloween, the Colts, that was just a soft deadline by then. But I guess going back to, like, 
in summary, what is my grand thought on yesterday's news? It comes back to the question that we will, that I will ask, and we will ask every single time a storyline of note pops up for the Colts this season. How does it impact number five? And in no way do I see this positively impacting him. I think it's a negative impact on his early development for a barren skill group for a unicorn at quarterback that, to me, needs to have some help immediately next to him. And the goal as an NFL franchise is to find good players, keep them happy where they are, have them playing for your franchise, help your young quarterback, and you're failing here. And yes, the Taylor camp, and I thought Taylor's like of a tweet yesterday was beyond childish. <laughs> they continue to act like children. The Colts have had moments of that as well. Neither party. Was, someone asked me yesterday, how would you grade Chris Bowden and all this? An F. It's your goal to keep good players happy, wanting to stay here, supporting your roster, supporting your young quarterback. No one gets a passing grade in, in any of this. Yeah, right. Because ultimately, you're saying, Anthony Richardson, here's Evan Hall and Deion Jackson week one. Yeah, ev- ev- everyone's, everyone's, everyone's wrong here. Everyone has, is it pie in the face? Is it cake in the face? What's the saying? And by the way, you gave him an F. Do you think Ballard heard that? No, Mark, he's got it. Mark, get ready. Mm-hmm. Mark, get ready today. There's going to be fireworks over at the facility today. He's got to be deep into uh, <laughs> waiver claim talk and uh, trying to assemble or tinker, I should say, with the new 53-man roster. Mark, let, let's sneak in one more. Give us okay. one more. Do you guys want the guy who's been holding on the longest, or do you guys want like a positive spin for the Colts? you want to go on like <laughs> the, the yellow brick road? Well, I feel like we need to take both of them I now. There's a guy both. that's... Gotta yeah, take we got to take both. All right. yeah, Martin, hang in there then we're gonna go to john first martin's up next though okay hey john how you doing hey good guy um are you the positive one john or are you the non-positive one well i'm gonna speak about chris ballard so take Mm. your pick i I just think that uh for seven years he's been incompetent and if you look at all the moves he's made extending quentin nelson offensive line depth offensive line getting worse um you look at the lack of receivers taking wild cards on guys like Michael Strahan who don't even make the roster. It's almost like he tries to be really cute with his moves, but it, but he doesn't have any performance to back it up. And I think as a fan, that's what gets so annoying. Like, with Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's obviously key to Anthony Richardson's success. You just got to make it work. So, I, I don't know how he gets the leash that he gets. And if you were to objectively grade him out of the 32 GMs, where would you put him? 30, 31? And then how many years does he have left? Yeah, yeah. John, I've said it for the last eight months. It's stunning that he's getting a seventh year at this. I mean, that resume would be fired in, I would say, 90 to 95% of NFL cities. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I mean, I, I would have to think, and listen, I know Ballard's going to be taking these slings and arrows, and it's deservedly so. You guys are spot on. I know Colts fans aren't happy. The thing with Ballard is, do, you know, Anthony Richardson buys his him time, does he not? Oh, without that, question. That, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I drafted I, the unicorn. Yes. We, you know, we, we got him. It's going to take a little bit of time. And, but and ba- that's, that's where I'm a little torn on it, Andy, because... If you fire Ballard after the season for some reason, now Shane Sykin is a lame duck coach. And, and well, Anthony Richardson is a lame duck prospect. No, you've 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 That's bought what in. Mark is dealing with right now. Mark has got a regime in Chicago that has no ties to Justin Fields. So if Ryan Pace 
and uh, Ryan Poles, excuse me, and um, Matt Eberflus, if they want to say, we're done with Fields, they get a fresh start almost. And Mm -hmm. that would be the issue that you run into here if you were to move Ballard. But again, to John's point there, his resume of no division title since 2014, one playoff win, the direction in year six was pointing straight down. It's not like the arrow was pointing up last season, one of the more historically and embarrassing seasons. And the fact that the blueprint is so archaic, that's a lot of reason to say, see ya. No, he... Him, he's getting a chance here to rebuild this team. I mean, make no mistake about it. But the last thing I would say is Ballard with Anthony Richardson. Ballard needs Anthony Richardson to hit. And so when we talk about Jonathan Taylor not there for Anthony Richardson and hurting his growth, and also Jonathan Taylor not playing hurts the win-loss record, right? It hurts the bottom line, you know, excitement and everything else. Ballard needs Anthony Richardson, yet Ballard hasn't given Anthony Richardson the things around him at any position. And you could say, well, at least he would have it at one position, and that would be John... that would be at running back with Jonathan Taylor. Listen, the thing, you know, I can get with the Colts are right that they're not willing to give away an asset. They're not willing to give away a commodity, and we truly don't know what those uh, trade look, you know, what those trade and compensation looks like, um, but the thing to me um, that they're wrong on is, could they have given Jonathan Taylor something this season, right? The sweetheart deal, the massage, if you will, that JMV's been talking about, but it is an interesting dynamic that Ballard buys himself time with the drafting of Anthony Richardson, and right now, the main guy that he could put around Anthony Richardson that would make Richardson look better, that would win more games, and that would be better for Chris Ballard, they don't want him on the team. I mean, that is interesting. Positivity from Martin? Yes. Martin. Martin! Bring us down this Enlighten golden road. us. How are you doing? <laughs> Hey, guys, how are you? Welcome to Indianapolis, Andy. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Hey, so one of the things I look forward to every year, Sports Illustrated, which shockingly is still around, um, they come out with like their daily cover, and it was yesterday, so I think it was before, you know, for sure Taylor was going to be on the pup for four games, but they predict all 272 regular season games, so all 17 for all all you know 32 teams and they've got i want to get your guys odds on this um obviously the colts are going to win going to win week one because they always do um but then this guy's got them also winning uh against the texans and then shockingly also going to baltimore this guy's got them starting three and oh and going eight and nine for the year i'm looking at it I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Is this now. a bot? He, he's got him winning three games in a row. Then he's got him losing one, two, three, four games in a row. Uh, Rams, Tennessee, at Jacksonville, and Cleveland in week seven. Was there an explanation on this? Like, no. why? It's just complete Were there picks. drugs involved? A lot, Hopefully. probably. Yeah, because he, he's got New England winning the NFC East, which was also kind of wild. But anyway, guys, just wanted to throw that out there, a little bit of positivity. A 3-0 and start would do wonders. See you guys later. Thank you, Martin, for that one here. You Is want there to, any way uh-uh. you could parlay the Colts winning the first three games of the year, Mark? I mean, I'm sure you can. Yeah, you can do that probably, can't you? I think I think like a gambling person comes to your house then and says, stop it right now. You've got a problem. <laughs> Who's the, there's just a, was a gambling guy in like a trench coat or something? What does this guy look like? The All right, gambling I've got a spread on week one. Again, a week from Sunday. 
It's crazy to say that out loud. Week from Sunday, Jacksonville inside of Lucas Oil Stadium for a 1 o'clock kick. What do you guys think the line is? Uh, Jacksonville 5.5, maybe. Mark? I'll say Jacksonville 4.5. Mark Dyked in the Degenerate. Ugh. Point to the say, sky right I was going to say 4.5. Jacksonville 4.5. Colts money line plus 176. Would Is there any way the Colts are favored in Week 2 with Houston? I could see. Well, if they play well week one, I mean, if the Colts play well, if they lose, you know, Jacksonville's considered a playoff team. Do you want the, there is a description for the Colts going 8-9. Do you want it before we get to a check down here? Uh, It says, uh, yes, but a good 8-9. A fun 8-9. I had a great time watching Anthony Richardson. Oh, hang on. I got a pop-up ad. Hang on just a second. Uh, I had a great time watching Anthony Richardson in the preseason because I could imagine what the defense would be like if there was an actual threat. He'd he'd leave the pocket. Richardson Richardson has wisely kept the lid on his mobility and is instead just just firing off complete rookie of the year style fastballs. Even without getting his feet set, I have no doubt that by year three, the kid is going to be a superstar. Should he stay on the same professional ascension plan? There are plenty of winnable games on this schedule in more than a handful of possible Richardson-led upset games. Well, listen, we agree on that, but it's besides Richardson, it's also, yeah, the rest of the roster. I need all the drugs in the world. <laughs> it's also the rest of the how roster. Come, how come you can bet on week one of the Colts and you can bet on the Colts Patriots game in Germany already, but you can't bet on week two? Pat's saying you can't parlay the first three games, but you can bet their first loss being week four. Pat, what are the odds on that? Where do you find that? At? Help us, Pat. You have to go deep on the DraftKings sportsbook. Mark is scratching app. his neck feverishly well, right now. <laughs> I see Colts Patriots. Colts are five point underdogs. Of the Patriots in Germany. Why that game is listed as something you can bet on, I have no idea. I will stand by the winnable games. Again, I think the schedule is, I mean, we went over the list of quarterbacks most likely to be benched first this season. The Colts play virtually all of them in the top 10, top 11 of that list. All right. Um, pop quiz in a few. That would be 317-239-1070. You guys were laughing at question number five earlier. Did I hear you guys correctly on that? Uh, Just another Scotty blank you question. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> was it 1946 baseball? Is that what it is? Five baseball questions oh. on today's pop quiz. Oh. Nothing says the phone lines will be ringing off the hook like that. Uh, speaking of baseball, the Reds avoid historic disaster last night. I'll let you guys explain to lead off the check down. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, we're not going to go to David Bell Sound. I think that put everyone to sleep at 8.30, so uh, we'll just go ahead and... the Reds' bats, right? We'll just uh, go ahead and do that. The Reds did lose 6-1. Spencer Steer broke up Alex Cobb's no-no in the ninth with two outs. He got a double. That's why he got 6-1. The Reds now two games, a full two games back for the the third wild card. Not good, KB. Two, Two games back? What are we doing here? Come on. Yeah. They've got the Cubs coming up again. Four and great American. Mm-hmm. Uh, big time coming up here starting on Is that Friday. the end of their season possibly, depending on the results of that Cubs? That's the yes. end of the season series with Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, if you are to yes. lose three of those four and all of a sudden you're, what, four or five back? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you need loads of help the rest of the way. So you're on life support right now heading into the weekend. That's always fun. Can we move on? Sure. Tyrese Halliburton and Team USA, they route Jordan. That is a cover by the United States. A 48-point win this morning for those that did not wake up at 4.40 a.m. for opening tip. Anthony Edwards, the leading scorer once again for Team USA. Halliburton played a team high in minutes, 21. Had a team high, six assists. 
coming off the bench. Uh, he had a couple threes as well. They now move on. Montenegro and Lithuania next up for the U.S. as they continue to progress through the World Cup. Next week would begin kind of one-and-done format, quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. Uh, Indians fall to the uh, to Buffalo 2-0 last night, and he got a laugh at Bill Belichick. He cut every quarterback on his team except for Mac Jones. So there you go. Yeah, they're five-point favorites against the Colts in Germany. Un quarterback for Belichick's company right now. What do you want, Ellinger? P.J. Walker? Yeah, I, Colt McCoy. P.J. Walker? Isn't McCoy out there? Colt Has, McCoy? I feel like Brian Hoyer is the, the guy, Patriots right? backup every year. I, Joe Flacco I, I, still running around? I feel that as well. Brian Hoyer. People are like, what's the best job in the NFL? It's Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer has started the best a game job here. in the NFL. Did oh, not yeah. go well. He'll start a game or two this year. There's no doubt about it. Scotty's here. Middle fingers are both in the air. It is, it is a <laughs> baseball-centric pop quiz. All five questions. 317-239-1070. Studied. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, pop, uh, pop quiz coming up here on the program. Reminder, uh, querying company at noon, JMV at 3 o'clock at some point this afternoon. Eh, you know, 4, 4.30 or so. Chris Baller going to be speaking with the media. KB will there. Uh, we'll be there. We'll talk about that. I'm sure you'll have a write-up of some kind on the website uh, later on this afternoon. We were uh, in here in the studios watching uh, the end of the Reds and Giants and how the no-no was broken up and everything else. Would you rather have your no-no broken up like Alex Cobb or just like allow a couple runs and win the game and not have to go through uh, yeah, the heartbreak. Would, yeah. Like, I don't know which one would you rather. Like, I would rather win and not have to go through getting to the bottom of the ninth with two outs and then losing the it. heartbreak because we saw that diving catch that the center fielder made in the eighth, was it? I mean, that that is usually like, there's yeah. always the one play in a no-hitter where you're like, Every time. oh my gosh. That, as a pitcher, you're probably thinking, that's it. Oh, sigh of relief. I've gotten through that. Well hit ball by Spencer steer i thought a decent effort out in left field but um yeah uh, luckily the reds uh, avoid the no-no i'm the guy that doesn't want the heartbreak i'll just take a 6-3 win and uh, if it balloons my <laughs> yeah, ERA, well, it's whatever uh pop quiz uh do you want me to pick a number or do you yeah, want to pick a number go right ahead uh let's go with uh three how's that mark who's caller number three brandon all right, Brandon, uh, five questions. Uh, I'm going to do two and four this time, so KB, go ahead. Brandon, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Brandon, good luck. I don't know why you called in. Are you a baseball fan? I love baseball. Good. All right, okay. You're, you're going to get it here, Brandon. All right. Major League Baseball season is just under five weeks remaining. Two teams have already been eliminated from playoff contention. One was my Oakland Athletics. The other team that's been eliminated is who? Rockies, White Sox, Royals, or Cardinals? Don't overthink it, Brandon. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Cardinals. 
I love that he said that. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brandon. I do, too. Uh, all right, question number two, Brandon. Alex Cobb came within an out. We talked about this of no hitting the Reds in the Giants' 6-1 win last night. Named the only pitcher in Major League history who has lost three no-hitters with two outs in the ninth during his career, uh, with all three coming within a year of each other. That's unbelievable. Is it A, Nolan Ryan, B, Mike Scott, C, Roy Halladay, D, Dave Steeb? Wow. Middle fingers for sure. <laughs> uh, give, give me the first two again, Andy. Uh, Nolan Ryan, Mike Scott, Roy Halladay, Dave Steeb. Let's go Nolan Ryan. All right, Brandon, number two, or excuse me, number three here. The Padres lost to St. Louis last night at 10 innings. Padres are now 0 11 in extra inning games this season, the second worst mark in Major League Baseball history. Name the expansion team that went 0 for 12 in extras in a single season 77 Blue Jays, the 69 Expos, the 62 Mets, or the 61 Angels? I'm a Braves fan, so anytime I get uh, a chance to poo-poo the Mets, we'll do that. <laughs> Which is usually about every season. I like the tone Brandon has with this pop quiz. <laughs> All right, number four. On this day in 1984, future Hall of Famer, uh, Hall of Fame outfielder Jim Rice of the Red Sox set a MLB record by hitting into his 33rd double play of the season. Rice would finish the 1984 season by hitting into 36 double plays. That's Still a major league record. Who holds the career record for hitting into the most double plays? Is it A, Miguel Cabrera? Is it B, Albert Pujols? Is it C, Von Rodriguez? Or D, Cal Ripken Jr.? Pudge. Pudge. There you go. All right, number four here. Let's write it on the board. On this day in 1988, Brandon, Phillies reliever Kent Tocolvi became just the second pitcher in Major League history to appear in 1,000 games. Jordan Hall of Famer Hoyt Wilhelm. Is that the the construction company here in town? Uh, Who currently holds the record for most pitching appearances in Major League ball games? I actually think I maybe would have gotten this right. Uh, Is it Jesse Orozco, John Franco, Mariano Rivera, or Mike Stanton? Franco. Is Franco related to Julio, who played in a bunch of games as a batter? I don't believe so. No? Hoyt Wilhelm sounds like, like like an offensive lineman that the Colts sounds kept like yesterday. A Again, <laughs> Wilhelm Construction, they do it. You've been in an accident called Hoyt Wilhelm. Brandon, who's your favorite Little baseball team? He's a Braves oh, fan. Braves all the way. TDF kid, baby. Are you? I, so, <laughs> I guess I'll go there. Is, is that why? You just kind of grew up watching them? Yeah, and, you know, I definitely wasn't a WGN kid and probably could have gone the way of the Reds. But, uh, you know, I had some family living in the southeast. And between that and Ted Turner being the saint that he was. (laughs) A hell, hell of a season here for the Braves so far. All right, uh, Andy, there's no way to describe it. Uh, At least he called. Yeah, you didn't get anything right, Brandon. 0 for 5. What what do we do? do This is it's my first 0 for 5. What do we do with this happen? You don't get to come back tomorrow. I, I, I think it's just a reminder of the difficulty, five baseball questions. Again, I like some of Brandon's answers. The sharkiness of the Mets question. Wrong, 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 wrong. 
You're wrong. You're wrong. That's what an over five le- gets you. At least we didn't rub it in. Royals, that's the other team that's been ele- yeah. eliminated so far. Uh, number two, Dave Steeb uh, lost three no-hitters. 69 uh, Expos, not yeah. the 62 Mets there. He said Pudge. Yeah, Albert Poolhaus, uh, who who holds a career record for hitting into the most double plays. You knew it had to be somebody slow, and uh, it is. It's Albert Poolhaus, who probably got a lot of those with the. I wonder how many got how many Scotty he had with the Angels compared to how many he had with the St. Louis Cardinals. Jesse Orozco, then to close it out there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to poo-poo Brandon too much for that. Listen, I ain't hating on Brandon at all on that one. No. We know what was coming. <laughs> we told him it was it tough did, and he did, still called. Yes, so. And he now is the middle finger by like question two. <laughs> by question two, he's like, yeah, the guys weren't the guys weren't joking. Mark did utter at like 820, Mark did utter under his breath, this question number five. He did. <laughs> he, he did. did. He goes, this, who the hell's getting this? He did. All right, we'll close it out one <laughs> final time. Look at waiver claims. And I, and I guess Ryan Day thinks it's okay to announce his starting quarterback, but not Tom Allen. We'll touch on that to round it out. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Reacting uh, with you all morning. Appreciate being part of the program. Waking us, uh, waking up with us. Final segment here. Reminder, Jake and company, they got you at noon. JMV at three. Chris Ballard will be speaking with the media coming up uh, later on this afternoon. KB will be over there. We'll have all the sound analysis. You'll have some stuff up on the website uh, as well. Uh, Wanted to get to it. I'm frantically trying to find it, but I think I can wing it. Uh, Journalism was done yesterday. Yesterday, KB, oh. and, and you may not know what I'm talking about. No, well, I've got no idea. I, well, I'm going to tell you here. Journalism was done, and here's what I mean. Peggy Kuzinski reported on ESPN. I saw this. Okay, this is insane. Mark, I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, yeah, I'm I sure. I'm, I'm sure I figured that was Absolutely the case. Absolutely insane. Uh, in Chicago, now what was it last week? A gun went off at a White Sox game, and so there has been obviously an investigation on what has happened here. So a gun goes off. Um, not I, to announce a home run by no, the White Sox. No, right? no. Okay. Uh, and there were a couple non-life-threatening injuries, but in all of this, uh, it's now being widely reported that the woman snuck the gun in and got past the metal detectors by hiding the gun in the folds of her belly fat. <laughs> like, what's the state of the metal detectors at Guaranteed Rate Field that they're not picking up flab that's got a gun? Also, what is the need to bring the gun to the game? And why are you hiding it in your belly fat? Well, the, there's a lot of questions. And I hear it, I'm thinking... <laughs> What's that gun I, smell like? Should I laugh? Should I cry? Also, I'm thinking, wasn't Jake at a White Sox game last week? Yeah. Yeah. He went like... Oh, man. Yeah, he, he somehow missed that action. I think it was only... Yeah, it was probably only a... a it was a, a game or two difference. Uh, yeah, it was only a game or two difference. I thought the most important thing was, what did the gun smell like? Uh, that's one That's one place, Mark, that I was mm-hmm. going to go. But the yeah, other... I, honey, I don't need a gun holder. I just hide it right here in yeah, my belly. But I mean, the thing is, if you if you have if you're sneaking anything into a game, whether it be gun or if it's alcohol or if it's just anything, if you put it in like your cargo shorts, it's gonna flag, 
right? Like you're like I would like, hope it's it's going to go off, and you're going to you know they're gonna they're gonna search you and everything else. I guess my thing is, yeah, I didn't know does 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 belly fat insulate to where this is now how metal detectors can't catch you with the belly fat. I figured that would have been found out decades ago. You would right? like to think it is 2023 here. Yeah, it's the meme of uh, what was a sporting event where the security guy's patting down people yeah, and yeah. he's like not even patting them down yeah, and they're just yeah, like yeah, yeah. walking by there. I yeah, mean, I, I would say a... that's not a very... Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see the meeting of the company that's in charge of the uh, metal detectors. Safety, uh, yeah. yeah let's how that was being received. Let's not. Let's hope that's not a technology that's being used at the airports or anything I, like that yeah. because if belly fat is getting you through... I'd hate to know what else is making its way through. Yeah, I think you're gonna have a lot of people <laughs> test that out here. Sadly, but, but here. What was the need to hold? Like, I need to bring my gun to the game. Let me. I I got a place for it. Scared of the mascot? Lift up this flap and just scared of the baseball that in. you're seeing. Maybe with the White Sox this season. Thankfully, nobody hurt. In all seriousness, well, on that end. Nobody. Her ego might have been hurt. Uh, from a well, clearly not. It seems to be very content with uh, where she's able to hide that. Uh, yesterday, Ryan Day announced that not only a starting quarterback for this Saturday's matchup with the Hoosiers, uh, they're going to play two quarterbacks. Kyle McCord will be the starter, a former high four-star recruit, and um, has thrown. I think it's nearly sixty passes in relief of obviously the respective quarterbacks he's been behind. In his career, and Devin Brown will also play in the game. So Ryan Day saying, "Hey, Indiana, here's our starter. We'll play both of them. So be ready." Congratulations. Tom Allen is saying, "We're not telling you who our kicker is." I'm Take look- that. I'm looking at the comments. It used to be a Tommy gun. Now it's a tummy gun. Oh, <laughs> is that good or bad? Should we laugh at that? Yes. And we can't laugh. We can't laugh at that. If someone was well, seriously I mean, hell, injured, it would be different. Well, I know. One, I know. The other I one know. I saw that was like, it's kind of poor taste, but they said body mass shooting. No, oh, jeez. Mark's, Mark, 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 Mark's God, giving the awful. hot takes. He I'm is, just saying. He is at 9.51, limp to the finish line. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, what do you expect from Ballard today. Uh, yeah, how much is he going to give to Taylor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I am curious about that. You know, I think for the most part, Taylor, or excuse me, Ballard tends to take the high road. He tends to be the most level-headed of the Colts, I don't know, public speakers, which I don't know if that's a very high bar, but, um, you know, he, part of me thinks to myself, boy, is he just going to give one answer and that's going to be the answer he gives to Taylor questions no matter what? I'd like for a little bit more candor. Um, and, and I'll go back to what I said earlier, Andy. We need to hear from Taylor. And in an ideal world, we'd hear from him in a press conference setting. But that's unlikely, in my opinion. Whip out your notes app on your phone. Send four pictures of screenshots of you're explaining your situation, you're explaining your health, Mm -hmm. you're explaining your frustration. All of those things. We need to hear from both parties. Kudos to Chris Bauer for talking today. Um, Jonathan Taylor, we need to hear from. Uh, is there now? I don't know. I don't know locally, so I'm asking kind of this locally for you guys. But nationally, uh, nationally, the PR is against the Colts and are saying Ballard and everybody else. And it's you know, especially with you know former players that are all over ESPN and Fox and the NFL Network and everything else. So you know they're going to be very pro player uh, in all of this. And I understand the Jim say it's easy to beat up on him. So. Nationally, 
Jonathan Taylor has just about all of the talking heads on his side. I mean, is there someone... I think that's the reverse locally, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, is there someone locally sympathetic? I guess there's there's people that Jonathan Taylor could go uh, through, even if he didn't want to use the Notes app, like you're saying on his iPhone, to get his message out there, right? Like a like a Marcus Spears, you know, Dan Orlovsky. Hey, hey, you know, had a uh, you know Lou Riddick has spoken so highly of of Jonathan Taylor. He knows him, he knows his family, and everything else. Where Lou Riddick could say, Hey, listen, you know, even if it's not on camera, hey, had a 30 minute conversation with Jonathan Taylor. Here's Six or seven things right. that I that I got from it that can kind of progress the story and get his his side out there. I mean, really, you know, his side hasn't really said much in how many weeks now, other than a liking of a tweet. That's about it. Again, when they've acted, it's been in such a childish ma- manner, and I don't use that word lightly. I mean, I thought it was absolutely pathetic yesterday that you had Taylor liking a tweet that's saying the Colts are holding me hostage, and then he unlikes it. Whatever. Ten minutes later, like, come on. You know, I, I I expect more from Taylor because he's not someone that had this sort of behavior before. And so you would like to see some grown-ups in this situation answer questions in a very civil setting and do it. And Chris Bauer is going to do it today around 4 o'clock. And we'll wait and see on the Jonathan Taylor front. Outside of that, obviously, the Ballard Presser will be big news items. Again, waiver claim. You'll start to see some news break on that uh, right around lunchtime, noon into the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, We've set the over-under at four and a half waiver claims (laughs) for the Colts. Uh, Again, you've got to make corresponding roster moves with that. That's when you can see some guys go to kind of injured reserve to return later in the season. Is that Jelani Woods? You know, what does it mean for the six defensive tackles on your roster? Cameron McGrone, the Lawrence Central product, a linebacker. Does Darius Rush clear waivers? Those sorts of questions um, all will be... um, Coming today around lunch. It's going to be interesting how this uh, how this story progresses. I mean, like to me, yeah, is Ballard uh, is he kind of giving the same answer? You know, not not a not a no comment, but also not giving any information. Is he combative at all? I mean, you know, they know that they're being beat up over this, right? I mean, they know the way that the fan base feels about this. They know the way that every talking head on ESPN and the NFL Network feels about this. Or is it like an open and honest conversation. I, I, I'm I'm very interested in how this goes today. And obviously not everything is going to be Taylor. It's going to be who they picked up, who they cut, you know, who's on the team and, and the roster and everything else. But, you know, I, I, I think Ballard sitting up there and, and, and how, you know, I guess his tone and openness is going to be interesting. And obviously we'll talk about it tomorrow. A few Taylor-related com- questions I have for Chris Ballard. Do you believe this is a hold-in? From Jonathan Taylor. Was there any thoughts of sweetening the final year of this rookie deal as we brought up today? $4.3 million. Any thought of kind of sweetening that? Why did he let Jonathan Taylor's camp see what was out there over the last couple of weeks? Will that continue in season? Will sure. you still let Taylor's camp do that? And then lastly, and again, this is for both parties, but you know, Ballard's the one talking today. Do you have any regret over how this has been handled? Because at the end of the day, it's a guy on the side of your building that has clear issues with your organization. And no matter what, that's not ideal. No. You don't want that. You want to no. keep good players happy, especially when you He's have He's the jersey guy. You go a buy a jersey for the Colts, what is it? 
Yeah. It's a Jonathan Taylor right. jersey. Or an Anthony, well, you know, now it's Anthony Richardson. <laughs> but before this year, it was a Jonathan Taylor jersey. Every Steve- morning on my drive-in, I keep waiting to see that Jonathan Taylor banner taken down. It's it's still standing tall so far. Do they add on the pup list to it today <laughs> no. or no? no? No, it's not like they the T.Y. Hilton way said thanks for the memories yeah. or anything. <laughs> uh, Stephen Holder was outstanding with us earlier. That will be up on the podcast again noon today is when you'll start to see some activity. And we'll have the latest from Chris Ballard on tomorrow's show. Everybody enjoy the beautiful Wednesday.